Hello, Creekers, and welcome to the grand finale of Down by the Creek. This is the last episode of the season, and what a doozy it was. I cannot wait. I'm chomping at the bit to discuss what was truly a whirlwind of things. It's so many things happened. I couldn't even really put it on like a, a timeline of A to B. There were so many different plot lines and, and just, it was chaos. It was truly chaos in Cape Side. What I've described from point A to point B, it was, it was like that. It, 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 it was the epitome of that. I, I really was thrown through, through a loop for the entire episode. It was absolutely crazy. And I loved it. Oh my God. It was so amazing. Now, because this is such a special episode, I've already teased it, of course. But, you know, this is a finale. we got to do big things. we also got to go full circle. So let me go ahead and introduce my guest this creek. Because, as you know, I cannot do things by myself here because it's just weird to talk by yourself in a room. As you guys heard last week, I talked about this show by myself. It was weird. I, I enjoyed it, but it was very strange. So let's get to it. My guest this creek was the very first guest to bless this podcast. So it's only fitting that she be back for the finale. Please welcome the unofficial co-host of Down by the Creek. From the Incredible Wine and Crime podcast, it's Amanda Jacobson. Huh? Unofficial co-host? Amanda, come on, don't act. Don't, first of all, you're the first return guest. Nobody else will Ooh. take my phone calls, so you, okay, you, must, I, you must enjoy this pretty a, a little bit at least because you came back. I was about <laughs> to text you the other day, too, because I was listening to your solo episode, and I, was, I had a text on deck that was like, dude, why didn't you just call me? Well, I wanted to test myself, Amanda, because I got some information about how many episodes are in the show every season. I did not know yeah. that when I started. I chose this. I was like, 13 a season? That's a, that's a breeze. And no. it's like, no, it's 23, 25, 26. You're going to start putting out like two episodes a week. Yeah, this will be a podcast that's a decade long if I go at the pace that yeah. I'm going. And I'm fine with that for now. Until I'm, I've decided. I'm not. I'm not <laughs> fine with that. I actually am so, I was so glad to hear you talking about this because i was like yeah this dude had no clue no what what he bit off and we're yeah i was like there's so much yeah i had not I, even a sense i, I can't i can't i can't i, I, didn't I can't even wait have a for you to get there <laughs> i need you to i need you to start binging let's I just mean, try yeah. let's try and just put out an episode every day like what's stopping us <laughs> let's, just, let's just power through Gut What's it up, us? pull up your waders, and get deep in that creek. Yeah. Well, uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens in season two. Okay. Uh, you know, but like I said, episode twelve was my test run. It like, okay, guests can't show up. Can I do this by myself? And I think I did an okay job. You nailed I, it. Well, thank you. Well, thank you very much. And I that's really, a really hard episode to do by yourself because oh it God, has. It, I, I the just Katie wanted to Holmes bounce performance. Oh, I just wanted to bounce things off of somebody. Like, do you? I was like, do you? I was like me talking to me like do you agree with me that this is like it's absolutely crazy that it's everybody, like a, this is everybody everybody agrees with you it's like it's <laughs> it's a problematic episode but like it was trying to do something beauty contest oh, God, beauty contest so it was trying to do something right like so bad. for 1998 it was trying to do something it like tried it tried so hard and it fell face first into <laughs> a puddle of mud i bet when they were shooting it they were like people are going to like they're going to bow to this. This is going to change the world. Yeah, I feel like beauty contest, they were like, this is going to change people's concept of what gender is and gender norms and identity performance, and it's just going to rock the world, and it did none of that. Yeah, and also, <laughs> jokes on you. Now, the only thing people remember from that episode is how terrible Katie Holmes is at singing. <sighs> it's so awkward. Amanda, Amanda. And also, should we make it our ringtones? 
Uh, it Should is we? my ringtone already. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> it's my favorite thing. <laughs> I just need the one line where she's I'm like, my own. <laughs> I know that he is blind. <laughs> No, oh, I commend man. you. I commend you. Last week's episode was was had to have been a challenge, but you did a phenomenal job. So congratulations. Thank, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Speaking and thank of you the, for having me back. Oh my God. When you come here, your family, you get in, you get introduced to you become part of the Creek family and you really get it. It's you fucking know? Like Olive like, Garden over here. <laughs> yeah, you know, when you hear your family, family <laughs> man. You know, I got breadsticks <laughs> virtually. First episode, I popped a bottle of wine. Nobody else has gotten that treatment, admittedly. That's that's on you me. You did. Yeah. You did. So, and I'm drinking so, coffee this time. I've I have failed you both times no 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 i want i want i want you i want you laser focused so that 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 java needs to be flowing because i need i need you to be ready to jump in if i miss any points and uh so we won't we don't want to miss a thing oh we don't (laughs) yeah as as steven tyler says you don't want to miss a thing Mm -mm. so let's quickly because amanda things have changed since the last time you were here I've grown, I've sprouted wings like a little bird. I've gotten into a sound booth. I've made my own sound bites. I have new segments, things that just weren't, the production value's gone through the roof since you Creek logic. Turn those you got the riff on the end. Yeah, you got yes. the riff on the end. <laughs> the, 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 the sound effects are in full effect. So, but a question I didn't get to ask you the first time you were here, and if I mm-hmm. did, it just didn't have that same oomph because it didn't have the sound bite. Mm-hmm. So, Amanda, I'm going to take you back to when this show was out. I want to take you back to the 90s, and I want you to answer the question. What was the best part of waking up? The best part of waking up? The best part of waking up? In the 90s. Amanda, what would you say for you was the best part of waking up in the 90s? Take me back to like a school day, maybe a summertime day. You have no school. What is Amanda doing? What's she wearing? Is her hair blue? The people want to know these things. You know, the best part of waking up in the 90s was the Delia's catalog. Oh, I'm not familiar. Uh, It has become a brick-and-mortar store. I don't know how many of them still exist, but the Delia's catalog was something. It was aspirational. It was... It, it told you what the the femme fashion was going to be for oh. the upcoming school year. And so... Oh, it was specifically marketed towards young girls. Oh, yeah. It Got it. So it wasn't like Teen Magazine where you're, like, trying to make the, ch- the child version of what Rachel from Friends is wearing. It's like, here's no. what 11-year-olds are wearing to school. Correct. And oh, it wow. Is, Delia's. Okay. Delia's is a specific retailer. So it's like, it's the catalog for this store. It would be like getting a Gap catalog in the mail. Got but, it. But it never had a brick-and-mortar store until, like, years later. So, it, so it was by mail? You had to order from the catalog and stuff. Oh, that's ahead of its time. Oh, yeah. It was like online ordering before. On, it was like the Sears catalog, but only for teen, tween, and pre- and everything oh, in between. Wow. And so I remember that fucker coming to my house and getting my red pen and going, all right, mom. This I need is the what- denim skirt with the legging stockings underneath of that. Yep. Those are, those are uh, Beetlejuice striped. This is what this is what Jen wore on this season of Dawson's Creek. These flowy button-down dresses that one tiny breeze is showing off the entire undercarriage. I mean, let's take it back because I feel like we. I feel like yeah, this is. Let's go full circle. I mean, the introduction of Jen in this show as a slow motion. It's pornographic. Heavy gade. Uh, down a uneven grass lawn where she can't even get her runway. Oh man, she can't even get her runway stretched. So she has this like lumbering. 
in those chunky like uh Steve Madden sandals that she Oh was my wearing. god, that's in that, her ankles like her ankle's like twisting as she's oh, walking. Like it's, it's coming. Painful oh feet. man, she's rolling her ankle every step and then the wind is blowing right up the crotch and like blowing it not not Marilyn Monroe style. No. Like a giant a, a, diaper. Yeah. <laughs> A giant, giant diaper, diaper or like a chef's apron. Like it just blows yes. between his thighs and just weirdly not attractive is what you think at all. And all that was her a bad situation for that poor girl. And yet Dawson Leary stood and went, uh, I'm, I must have that. Alvin, you don't even fucking know what is to come. <laughs> like there's so there's so much for you to experience that uh, I've, I've been I've been made aware of some things. What what else was Amanda watching at the around this time? Um, I feel like around this time, because you know this season premiered in 1998. So over the course of that year, 1998, 99, you know, I'm I'm getting ready to like Y2K. Got you know, it. I was young. I was a year younger than everybody else in my class. So I was like getting ready to enter middle school at the age of. You know, oh, I would have been older than 11. I would have been like 12. And I started middle school. I was 12 when I started middle school. I turned 13 in sixth grade. So I was like, I, I definitely could have felt some of that Dawson's Creek energy, that confusing. I'm starting at a new school, but like. Not no through one, this lens, though. No. No child. You In a Degrassi way, a Wonder Years way, sure. Mm -hmm. But no, the way that they speak, which they also. They get all meta about in this episode, yeah, which is I just know. so gross. It's I, so gross. I hate when things try to be meta and clever, and yeah. you just either you got it or you don't. You don't. You don't. It's That's too thing, when it's like, too obvious. Ugh. If you're gonna commit this hard to this kind of writing, then like commit to it. Don't. Yeah. Don't address it. Don't address it. Just commit to it. Just own it. Don't respond to. Don't respond to it with bad writing in the show. Like, it's just. It's so stupid. So yeah, no, I was not talking like this. I definitely would have been. I would have been entering into the first bits of maybe a little bit of a love triangle. 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 Sure. Uh, that involved actually Kenyon, one of my co-hosts on Wine and Crime. We both made out with the same boy in a friend's Whoa. basement. Fortunately, that that boy was like not our Dawson. I think we both figured out pretty quick that he was human garbage, even for you know thirteen year old girls. Uh, by by thirteen year old girl standards, he was tall. I, That's really yeah. all that he had going for him. He was really. And I bet tall. he had those. I bet he had those sick malnourished kid abs. Oh yeah. Oh where you yeah. Could, in that Too con thin. concave chest. Yeah. And you're like, oh my god, he's so ripped. Yeah. No, it's like, actually, no, you're just gaunt. <laughs> it's like, oh, oh, you're built like a ghoul, but like, that's, that's ripped for 12. Hot ghoul summer. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I don't know. We, we were definitely like oversexed teenagers who hung out at the movie theater and like dated all the boys at the movie theater so that we could yes. like watch triple X 18 times in the same summer. Like that movie's bad ass shout it's, out to vin diesel oh that dude knows how to fucking rock and roll man. yes he does vin that diesel dude knows is, how to fucking rock and roll he's flawless there is like no one more self-aware in in hollywood than vin diesel he knows no. what he can do he knows like, what he is and he's making a, millions of dollars doing yeah. it yeah he's like listen i'm a douchebag i can't act that well but i can do this one thing better than oh. anybody which oh. is like Kind of bad act, but it works chef's kiss it's perfect vin diesel's like do you want to see me babysit kids or you don't. Either way, I get either way I get ten million dollars. Whether you see this. it or not. 
getting paid. See you in Greece. That's like, that. that's my Vin Diesel. I feel like everything he says is like, I'll be in Ibiza. Like, because mm-hmm. his lifestyle's awesome. He's like, I'm doing uh, Fast and Furious 12. It'll make $150 million. It will. See you, see and, you in Pompeii. And, and like 100 million of them will be me going to see it. Those movies are transcendent, Amanda. Um, The Fast and Furious franchise is a perfect franchise. It's flawless. It is absolutely perfect. It is the best franchise in, in cinema history. Yeah, what do you think? What do you think you're gonna go see? Fucking uh, 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 Leonardo DiCaprio movie. We know why we're here. Yep. Take that Bugatti and yep. drive it from the hundredth floor of that building to the eightieth floor of that building, and that's why I'm here. And and nail the landing, and like everything is fine. Amanda, the trailer for the new one. I saw Vin Diesel catch a car. So they're going places I didn't even know. I've never even could honey, fathom. Honey, honey, they're going to space. <laughs> They're going, they're, they're must. Is this just it. a Fast and the Furious podcast now? Are we, did it, we just start a Fast and the Furious podcast? That might have I'm happened. fine with that, by the I way. I am also fine with that, but uh, people knock Fast and Furious and it's like. Do you not it, like fun? Yeah, it's just so fun and it, it knows itself and it's. I didn't come here to see perfect. fucking uh, a Meryl Streep film. Mm-mm. I came here to see cars explode and 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 Tyrese make funnies and Ludacris, Christopher Ludacris Bridges. I did come here to see some problematic dreadlocks on Char- dreadlocks on Charlize Theron. I did come here to see that. And they keep adding, they keep adding like respectable actors into the series <laughs> and have them like driving Ducatis and colorful pink Lamborghinis and stuff. It's ridiculous, oh, man. It's so good. Isn't Dame Judi Dench in this movie now or something? I like, think so, like, but you know like, what? She fucking gave up her actor card when she showed her furry butthole and cats. So that her great, game's the great over. Deuteronomy. Oh man, oh, should we? Oh, also I could start go in. Oh, I could go into the the cat the cat cast the cat oh, cast. Man. Oh, I could go in about. I've never seen the play before. We get right into because we're gonna go from this into getting right into the show. Just the last thing on cats. I've never seen the play, so to never have seen the play and then you get introduced to cats with that movie. It is the craziest thing you've ever seen in your life. Like yeah, everybody, but the thing like is, I'm the Jellicle cat, and I'm the the uh, the railway cat. Everybody, I was like, what is it's this? It's not like the play is gonna prepare you for the movie to make sense because the play also doesn't make sense. It's just two hours of cats introducing themselves, and then one gets launched into the sun. Like that's the show. And <laughs> let's go ahead and get into episode Ooh. thirteen. Decisions. Let's, decisions, decisions, decisions. Let's okay. Do so it. The, the episode summary of this episode of craziness is when Dawson learns that Joey might leave Capeside, he is forced to confront his true feelings for his childhood friend. But even though Joey has longed for Dawson for years, she must now decide if this is her one true love. Elsewhere, Jen and Grams concede their religious differences <laughs> to mourn the death of a cherished family member. Now, cherished, I put in quotations because this uh we'll get into it uh, we'll i'd also into... put death in quotations because <laughs> he's been dead the whole season and but uh, did he even die in this episode like we don't get yeah, a phone shit. call a phone call a phone call it's just a phone call <laughs> not even and not even to his wife nope she was there give her the phone just give her the phone jen give her the phone so she can so she can share this intimate moment about her her husband's last moments, you just like, thank you for the information. <laughs> he died. He died, Grams. Like, stop. Yeah, that if was the it, hospital. If there was texting at this time, the hospital would have just texted Jen, not even Grams. Yeah. I literally, as I was sitting down and beginning this, my first note is this episode 
is like a blackout card on Dawson's Creek Bingo. Like it yeah. has everything. 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 It hits every mark. The only thing it's missing is the Pacey um, Tamara. Oh, yeah. Which I guess that's just over. I mean, you'll not, uh, don't tell me, but like. I mean, it's over nobody's going to jail. No, no. Nobody's going to jail. Oh, no. Like, like, it's geez. over in the sense that there are no consequences whatsoever. Uh, this this show is insane. But yes, this, this show. You have not seen the last of tomorrow. I believe it. The sun will come out tomorrow. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's, why, that's, why, that's why you're here. That's mm-hmm. why you're here. Mm-hmm. So this episode was written by uh, Dana Barada and Mike White and directed by David Samel. Shout out to all of them because without you, we wouldn't have got what we got in this episode. Ugh. So uh, let's go ahead and dive right the fuck in. Like I said, my first note is also this episode is already uh, crazy. Right? And also, so- <laughs> how is Jen's grandfather still alive at this point? Like, obviously, we know that the second it, like, opens on Jen's grandpa, you're like, oh, he's going to die in this episode. Like, Oh, yeah, the pianos. There was the foreshadowing was like five shadowing. It was like seven shadowing. It was oh, so many shadowing. And clearly, I don't understand comas because Grams is talking about how he's just because Jen is like, "How's he doing?" And she's like, "Oh, you know, the <laughs> same the coma for the last three. he's been in for three months. For the and last it's like, three months. It's like okay, so he's been like this for three. You can't do a coma at home. No, that's what no, I'm br- that- breathing tube. That's what I'm like he's not connected to it he's not receiving fluids or yeah. food in any way because he just has like an array of pills that you he have can just, probably he can take pills what are you just sh- mushing them down his throat and hoping yeah. they just dissolve and who knows how old those pills are she was she hasn't been a nurse for years that, no. those might be expired pills doing nothing and this is munchausen by proxy it a thousand percent is and he's clearly been just asleep for three months <laughs> so grams is basically giving Gram- gramps a rundown on the season of this uh, show. He's, she's like, and, and Jennifer dated. Our very <laughs> natural <doesn't> even... <laughs> recap. <laughs> so she stopped dating Dawson Leary, and uh, and they went to a club in Rhode Island, and uh, Mitch is having, Mitch is, and Gail are on the rocks, and uh, there was an affair. An affair with... and... <laughs> I met Clifford. <laughs> You'd love Clifford. <laughs> Clifford Elliott reminded me of a young you, <laughs> and uh, that, that's about all. See you tomorrow when yep. I come to change your bedpan. Right. <laughs> Not even your bedpan because yeah. you can't move, so you're just shitting yourself. Just The setup this of this show is that Jennifer came here to help her grandmother take care of her ailing grandfather because he just had a heart attack. And now this man has been dead for three months. When, when have you helped? There's no help to give. None. He's just dead. None. He's just dead. None. There's no help you can give. He's just dead. I also... I bring this up later in the show when there's another scene with with Jen and and Gramps, but it's like they built this scenario as though Jen and Gramps are are close, like never have a speak. relationship. Never, never spoken. But yeah, but it's also established immediately that like Jen hasn't been to Cape Side since she was like a, a toddler. And her and, and her grandmother don't even know each other that well. And her well. and her grandmother don't know each other that but well. But you so, and the grandfather do? Right. So you guys clearly, make, you guys call? they're not, like, visiting New York very often. No. Gram, just, Grams would never go to that town of that sin. sinful place. No, no, never. She would never do that. She's angry at her son uh, for moving there. Yeah. The relationship makes no sense. At all. Here's 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 my first... This is, this is close to... Creek logic! Yep. Here's my first rewrite, Amanda. Here's what you do. Jen 
got into some trouble in New York, and she's just coming to stay with her grandparents. Mm -hmm. And then he has a heart attack while right. you're there. Right. So at least you get a couple of episodes of Gramps being like Peter Parker's grand uncle and Uncle Ben, like, guidance and him being like, hey, Jennifer, I know your grandmother's hard, but she's a good person. And then you can see their relationship with Gramps and Grams so that all of this catharsis that comes in this episode, which I felt nothing for. I mean, I did. When Grams, we'll get there, but when Grams loses it, I just lose it because to see an old lady cry, it got me a little bit. But... I don't have any kind of like investment in their relationship because now in the finale, you show me a black and white photo of them at their wedding. Yep. I don't, I've never seen them talk or kiss or dance to a uh, phonograph music or something. How about, you know, make them alive for a couple episodes. Yeah. So that we can <laughs> give a shit about what's happening to him. Like we have no, we have no connection to this person. I assume they just, at some point we're just going to never tell us that he died and just stop mentioning him. That's how I thought he yeah. was going to stop being on the show. So I'm surprised he even got this much effort. I know. I know. It's really surprising. It's really sad. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but what I will say is, Hey, he got a speaking role this episode. So he got feature credit uh, pay. He's not just an uh, extra. He got featured extra pay for this episode. That's true. So shout out to that nice old man with those bushy eyebrows. Enjoy your um, SAG uh, credit. Yeah. You so saggy old man. <laughs> so on the way out, when Jen comes in to say hi, she, she gives him the kiss of death just straight up. She goes, bye, Gramps. Jen. Jennifer. Jennifer. He's awake. This guy's super dying. They're going to kill yeah. the shit out of this guy, right? So I already knew that. Mm -hmm. um, so from there, we cut to school. Jen is now so excited when she sees Dawson. She's so excited that her grandfather, who was barely alive, is now a little less barely alive. Yep. So she's like, let's fucking turn up, up tonight. tonight. Let's do it. <laughs> You know, when you find out your grandfather's getting moved to the hospital Woo! after being in a coma for three months, it was that kind of excitement. It's, it's you know, time. that feeling when. Yeah. <laughs> that feeling when. Go off. Yes, Go it's off. time to turn up. Let's get the white claws. There's no, ain't no laws when, you when you're drinking claws. claws in Cape Side. Yep. So Dawson, who is a person who is truly unable to be friends with us, with someone if he if it doesn't meet his own agenda, yeah. doesn't really know how to be happy that Jen's granddad's alive, doesn't want to celebrate with her because he's decided I like Joey now. So mm -hmm. I don't have room for like to a be nice to you. Friend. I can't. Be yeah, like no. Supportive. Joey's my female friend. And now Joey's not my female friend. Mm -hmm. I like her. So there's no other female friend. I, I only can ignore people. So now you're Joey. So now you get no attention and your grandfather. Oh, that's exciting. I guess he even goes like, he's not going to do it, but he goes, I mean, I have plans with Joey. I guess I could bag on her. How about you can come with us? Or, right. You know, like, How about we all hang out together? It's like, I guess I could really be a dick and cancel on somebody when I already have plans if he's, you really want to hang out that bad. He's such like, a monster. He is. It's it's dark, man. Yeah. It's it's dark how I mean, dark this dude. This dude's this dude is dark. So Dawson's mood immediately perks up because his new gen comes into the hallway. Meaning Joey. his new obsession. His new obsession. His new unhealthy oh, obsession. Oh, it's so gross. His, his energy's so gross in this episode. Yup. But uh, so Joey casually asked them, hey, do either of you guys know where to get a passport from? Because I have a chance to go to France for a year and on a art scholarship. <laughs> I hate when people do this. Uh-huh. Um, it's, it's that same thing of where it's like, hey, have you guys ever heard of like 
the SAG, uh, the SAG Screen Actors Guild because I like, like just booked I got this... nominated for one. I've like yeah. never heard of it. Or even less than that, where it's like I just booked this national Arby's commercial, so my manager said I should probably uh, join SAG. I don't know. Have you guys heard of that? It's like are you are you qualifying so you can fucking brag? Now I don't think that's what Joey was doing, but that's how it came across. That's how it was like written. It. Do you guys know where to get a passport? You don't know where. To... Go to the post office. Because Joey. they're like, trying to they're trying to continue to write her as like as a bumpkin. So, yes, so like <laughs> innocent and humble and and yeah. and like Cape Town. What's a some, passport? Yeah. Cape Town is some like boondocks middle of nowhere, <laughs> but it's like no, you're 45 minutes from Boston and a bus ride from New York City. Like also, Clifford Elliott is far from a bumpkin. Yeah, have you seen you, his jawline? That dude, you're gonna tell me either. Look, that dude knows where to get a passport. Yeah, uh, very much so. And his parent family has more than one boat. Mm-hmm. They have a speed boat, like a boat for fun, and a boat for like being out on the water for days. They a large a vessel. Yes, yeah. they have a sailboat that you can sleep in the hull. Yes. They have a pontoon for when grandpa visits and you just want to take a, a, a casual ride and they have a speedboat for Tulbin. Yeah. So I don't want to hear this. What What is this town? Okay. Have you, either, do you either... know what a passport is? Because I might be able to get, have you ever seen an airplane? Because I'm going to get on one maybe. <laughs> I've been offered to go to the place where, where the Eiffel Tower is. I what just... Is... It's fucking stupid, but that's their subtle way of being like, oh. She doesn't know anything. Isn't it adorable? And also, decisions. The titular episode. Decisions, decisions. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So So now we've got our first one. Yeah, already on the table. Oh, these conflicting well, feelings. Well, our second now, one. Are we going to murder Gramps? And is, yes. Is, is Joey going to Paris? Will he or won't he die? Mm-hmm. Will she or won't she fly? And also, before we even get there, she just should. Who has complained about this town more than Joey? Who are you to be trying to guilt her into staying somewhere she hates? Oh, yeah, of course. Go away. Get away. Escape. The second she says it, it pans to Dawson, and you can you can already see the wheels turning on like, okay, how do I sabotage this without making it look like it's all about me, even though, of course, yes. it's all about me. Uh, Dawson doesn't want her to go, clearly, and Jen seems to prefer that she did go, mm-hmm. which just makes everything she did in the previous episode seem so snake emoji. Like, everything, getting her to be the Miss Windjammer pageant and coaching her up. And now, and you, you've known for several episodes how she feels, because as we know, Abby Morgan revealed to them that they didn't know, clearly Joey likes Dawson, and, and Jen, you are dating Dawson. You guys can never be friends. That's already been on the table for several episodes. Yep. And then the last episode, she's like, oh, I'm not dating him anymore. Let's be friends. And then, like the flip of a switch, you're now groveling at this man's feet. Oh, this the last two episodes have made me so mad at Jen, because it's just the writing. Like, it just... She deserved better than this because she was right. Well, you're right. You you shouldn't be with this guy. They're writing her as like the worst trope of like female teenagehood. I just, just, oh, my mind, these crazy girl hormones. I made a mistake. You are the perfect guy. And it was me who was wrong. No, no, no. He's an asshole. Yeah. And and now you're giving into all of his gaslighting. Oh, my God. Last episode at the end, she goes, I didn't even know. I don't even know why I broke up with you. What do you mean? He's evil. He's been slut shaming you the whole season. Oh, you don't? He's, Here's uh, my list on Rosa's scroll, yes. like 800 yeah. miles long. 
I fucking pulled that thing out like in uh, the Brandy Cinderella. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> my God. I love the Brandy Cinderella. Oh, my God. Jason Alexander pulls that thing out. He's like, Christopher Milken. <laughs> All those names and stuff. <laughs> so. His Royal Highness, Christopher Rupert, son of Her Majesty, Queen Constantina, Charlotte Ermentrude, Guinevere Maisie. Okay, well, <laughs> let's please add that to the list of things that need a rewatch because holy shit. It's oh, man. Oh, the Brandy Cinderella? Great. And talk about, you know what? Hey, you know something? Fuck Hamilton. No, yeah. it's great. But, eh, but, is it? that was, it's it's catchy. It's but, catchy, but you, unpopular opinion. Do we need, do we need this weird forefathers papra that's like kind of not. Praising them yeah. And, yeah, and hiding things that. This Not weird, addressing things weird, that they were all doing. This weird glorification of the founding fathers that white people can then feel good about because, like, the cast yeah, is diverse. Oh, yeah, and it's yeah. It's inclusive. Yeah. Everybody can enjoy Ooh. history, even if you don't tell all of the sides of history. Uh, yeah, yeah. I have, I have my thoughts about yeah. Hamilton, but it is, an, it is an unpopular opinion, so I try Ooh, not to I'm, go. I'm just like, <laughs> like I got, I'm white, yeah. so I'm not supposed to be, like, yeah. <laughs> you, saying you can't be anti. I can't. Amanda, you can't come on this black platform and be anti-Hamilton. You cannot do that You're right. and not drag and drag me down with you. To, <laughs> fuck Hamilton. Moving on. But you want to talk about diversity and inclusion? Cinderella. <laughs> black Cinderella. Asian prince uh, charming. The mother and father are like black and oh, it just didn't matter. They didn't care what race anybody Listen, was in, in the, the black and Brandy Cinderella. All I cared about was I, I loved Brandy anyway, and a fucking Whitney, Whitney Houston. Houston as the fairy godmother. Could yeah. anything uh, more perfect have been created? No, I don't think no. so. No. Uh, Houston, we don't have a problem. We do this not. is a flawless movie. Yes, that, no, no. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, where after, were we? Yeah. yeah, so in the show, I guess. Uh, so, so, after that reveal that Joey's going to Paris. Uh, it cuts to the ice house, and now she's re-explaining everything to Bessie. I mean, France is so far away. I won't know anybody. I don't speak the language. Plus, I don't know if I could spend a year in any country that worships Mickey or Rourke. <laughs> well, whatever you decide to do, I think it's an honor just to be asked. Really, kid, I'm proud of you. Dad will be, too, when you tell him all about it. Uh, question. Why would I tell Dad? Don't tell me you've forgotten what tomorrow is. Apparently, I have. It's his birthday, Joey. You're on your own, Bessie. Enjoy yourself. I'm not going, Joey. You are. I've done so well in school that I might get to go to Paris, France. She's like, yeah, yeah, cool. That'll be great to tell Dad. Well, yeah, you know, it's so funny because, like, your when turn. do you leave? Two days. Oh, perfect, because <laughs> you have to go see Dad in prison tomorrow. So this yeah. gives you time to pack, get a passport, <laughs> or two weeks. It's two weeks that she has. Yes, or yes, two weeks. So two it's weeks. a perfect amount of time to let Dawson emotionally manipulate you. Oh, yeah. Jen have a fucking meltdown because she thinks she might still be in love with Dawson and her grandpa's dying. Go hang out with prison dad. Decision. Busy schedule. Yeah. Busy schedule. So many decisions. Decisions. You're busy. Will you forgive your prison dad? Will you won't? The decisions are really piling up, and that's why it's appropriately named decisions. Mm -hmm. So uh, Joey reluctantly is like, fine, I guess I'll have to go visit our prison dad. We cut to Pacey riding his bike down the road, you know, just chilling before being pulled over by Officer Doug, his brother, who has pulled a gun on him uh, at this point. Like or, multiple or times. Principal Iger called Dishy the official failure watch. And frankly, Dad's a little worried. Well, you tell him that the concern is appreciated, but he should save it for the closet case with the gun. 
Tell me something, Pacey. Does being the leading contender for the official joke of Capeside bother you even a little bit? At this point, his dad better be fucking Christopher Walken or something. They are teasing this dad like Thanos in the Marvel movies. Yeah. And they just keep saying like, our dad, dad, dad's coming. Dad's not happy. They like just, he just is this. They just didn't cast him in season one. <laughs> like they on, just, Amanda. they didn't. I'm trying to give this show more credit. <laughs> they're building gravitas. Like no. they're. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I that can't. is what it is. They just, that they were like, just oh said. shit. Pacey's supposed to have a dad. Yeah, we don't have that yet. And this is like a legacy cop family, so... Yes, he's like the chief of... Po their dad is like, should be, have been... When the serial killer is episode comes, their dad should be like on TV... Right? Telling the town to be worried and stay indoors, Alvin, but instead they didn't. They didn't cast him yet. You're That's gonna, what it is. You're also going to be. You're going to be so disappointed about the casting. That it's not. Of there's the no dad, star power of the. But you are going to be blown away about the casting of Pacey's mom. Oh wow! It's okay. I'm excited. Your life. So the dad isn't like Harvey Keitel or somebody fuck from. No. <laughs> you're going to be like, who the fuck is that guy? And then you're going to be like, that's Pacey's mom. Okay, okay. Good to know. Sorry, my phone. <laughs> my phone's yelling at me, which is why I'm. If for the viewers at home who are not viewing this, you're listening to it. I had my partner just quietly drop off juice because my yes. I, I'm like super diabetic, and my Dexcom is like your blood sugar is going to be low within 20 minutes. Oh yes, nice. So he was right on. He was way before on time. Oh yeah. One. Well, I shout out. I shout out to Bill. Thanks, Bill. Yes. God bless. <laughs> Uh, back to we're on the street. Pacey's being pulled over by a cop who happens to be his brother. They have a back and forth. Jo uh, uh, um, Pacey, as usual, makes some homophobic comment yep. towards his brother. Dawson, Dawson's Creek bingo. Pacey being homophobic and Pacey's family being shitty to Pacey for like no reason. Yeah, for just like, being like an average dude. You're struggling in school. Okay, let's shame you mercilessly because that's going to help you improve. Also... Both of your your father and your brother are cops. Uh, yeah. You don't you you just need to graduate high school you, to become a. And frankly, you you do you even need to do yeah you don't even need to do, yeah, even need need to do, do that, that right. You can test so out. like you can get your I would think I would think they would just be like trying to get him to learn how to shoot a gun and yeah. they're like you're gonna do the family legacy. What do they yeah, want from you? You're him? good. Your family legacy is like the easiest to get yeah, job like in the world. So can you do push-ups and, and, and yeah, shoot twenty percent or something? And you, know, you like, can just be useless and shitty at it and you'll have no consequences. So like yeah. you're good, buddy. What is this bar that he's feeling like he is not attaining and his his dad's being like we're disappointed in you. Well, we don't like you. Well, because we've got the, again, like you have brought up many times, this is a very white show. Yes, yes. So. These are, these are, these are the tropes they got to hit. We still have you know? to cling <laughs> to like the valor of police. Yes. Where like you yes. have to know how to yeah. solve this the isn't, crimes this isn't, of Cape yes. Side. This is pre-Paul Blart, yeah. which is like the decline of the, the like the nobility of the the, the TV police officer. Paul where at this point, cop. where at this point, yeah, at this point, a police officer is like Superman. Yep. Where they're like, you had to. First of all, Doug went to Harvard University, and he chose to become a cop because he felt like he could save the community the best that way. And their father is Albert Einstein. <laughs> like it's like it's like. He's he's the king of their father's the yeah. king of police. Yeah, which he's is the king like, of, like he's the 
the yeah, king of police, so like, which is why we haven't <laughs> seen him because no <laughs> one can have an audience with the king of police. No, you don't get to just see the king unless you're worthy, right? Like Doug, like Douglas. And Douglas is the only one worthy, so he couldn't yeah. be gay. <laughs> because also, that also would be don't... the ultimate stain upon his manhood. Yeah, so no, never on this on this blue uniform. So also, don't blink or say anything, but. Doug definitely is gay, right? Like that they say it so much. Don't look, don't do a thing. Just let me say it cuz I know I'm I know I'm right. <laughs> Doug, they make this joke too many times that it has to come back around. They do it too many times that like it has to be revealed that actually Pacey was right this whole time. Doug is gay. I know that for a fact. I don't want you to confirm or deny. We'll just move on, okay? Okay. Pacey gets on his bike, Doug gets in his car. They both made. St- oh, also, Ducks. Oh, he he calls him a joke, but in a way that like really cut him deep. You know, one day, Pacey, you're gonna be tired of being a joke, and it's gonna be too late. You're gonna wake up and realize that you're just a bad punchline that nobody's laughing at. God, First Jesus of all, Christ. he's 15. <laughs> Can you Christ. fucking relax? That's so mean. That's that so, is so because, mean. <laughs> second of all, it's, you're a cop. You're yeah. a joke, <laughs> sir. But this is like, okay, <laughs> this, is my, this is my theory. This is my reading too far into this because it's just not well oh, written we do and here. we have to fill in those blanks. That's what we do here. Give it to me. Pacey is, uh, is the representation of all of the like fragile masculine white fear that just yeah. thrives in the Witter family. Yes. And like Pacey... Pacey's already better than Doug and mysterious dad that nobody meets. Yes. Because he is like thriving in his like white male mediocrity and like, yes. And, but is so charming and like people love him just because of his natural charisma without him even having to try. And so there's like so much toxic jealousy in this family and like all this shit that is going down that like nobody wants to talk about. Yes. And so let's just make this, this, Oh, pace is a failure trope or like, Oh, he's not doing well in school. And let's all just shit down his throat all the time, but not ever talk about what's what, what we're fucking up. Yes, absolutely. I agree with that 100%. Pacey's, it's almost like he comes from a family of the O'Doyles from uh, yes. that Adam Sandler movie. And he's like an artist. Like, he's still an O'Doyle, but he doesn't do what they do. So they're like, mm-hmm. why aren't you bashing nerds' heads in? You're a loser. Right. You know, but it's like, he's a nice kid. And it's funny because Pacey really could, if he really wanted to, just be a dick and probably have a better go at life in this town. He could fine. probably be, be Cliff's number two and just like, hype up everything Cliff says when he's like, look at Dawson reading his stupid girl book. And he's like, yeah, you're the man, Cliff. And just gives him <laughs> knuckles. And then then Pacey knows all the funny jokes to make at Dawson too. Yeah. And he just says one too. Oompa and then Cliff's Loompa. like, yeah. And then it's like, yeah, Pacey, there's a kegger tonight in my house. That could be his role. Easily. He could be like an, a beta uh, dick. Yep. He could be a beta dick in he this, could in this town. He could just be like a fucking popular cop legacy, cool bro in Cape Side without even trying. Yeah. But that's not that's not who Pacey is. Pacey is authentic. 
And so he's yes. not going to go down that path. But that authenticity is threatening to this family, to family. that's like, well, why aren't you just going to be like Cliff's sidekick yeah. and become chief of police? That's what we did. And look how great yeah. it's working out for us. Yeah. We don't understand You're such a black you. sheep. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. so stupid. My God. It's really, it's, it's really, it's really fucking it's, stupid. It's painfully dumb. So after that, we jump on over to the bus station where Dawson is accompanying Joey to visit her dad because he's obsessed with her now. So of course he's going to do stuff that he wouldn't normally do. And uh, this is really this scene, and from this scene on, is where Dawson's whole disgusting, smarmy, meek, puppy dog shit starts and doesn't end for the whole episode. Uh, He's, like, being overly polite, and he's, like, trying to... He's, like, fishing. He's like, oh, yeah, so that Paris thing, uh, have you made a decision on if you're going to go or not? Like, he's just like, you, we know what you're doing. Yeah. We see the cogs moving in your brain. So we know why you're asking. Oh, it's so gross. Like, everything about him being on the trip, helping her, being nice, all these things. He, he like, jokingly threatens suicide uh, if she leaves. Yeah. It's like, oh, come on, And man. even, like, even is- Joey in that conversation was like, okay, but... Yeah, seriously, Can you give man. me a like, real what are you fucking gonna... answer, you dumb <laughs> yeah. piece of shit? <laughs> That's all he knows how to do is, like, tr- everything he says is to manipulate. I know. So he doesn't know how to turn it off. Mm-mm. All I could think about in this scene, though, was when after Jim breaks up with him and she's like, hey, can we be friends? And he's like, oh, of course we can be friends. I'm lying, but I'm going to tell you that and go ask a girl to go on a fake date with me right. and go crash your date. And so I, I'm like... His energy in this scene to go with her to her dad's prison, and I'm like, it's the same energy. You're like, okay, how can I manipulate this situation into working for me? When you're already vulnerable. Like, this is what he does. Like, he did it to Jen in in the, like, vulnerable moments after their breakup, and now yes. he's doing it to Joey in the vulnerable moments before what we assume is the start of their romantic relationship. Yeah. So, long story short, this guy's fucking nuts, man. Yeah. You know, because cause this, I hadn't, you know, at this point, this episode hadn't really, you know, really even started too crazy. So, already in this moment, my brain has already gone to how the last time he gave a girl this energy, he ended up trapping Jen on a Ferris wheel. Yep. Trying to trying to force her to take him back and corner her into taking him back. Well, don't worry. They get trapped. They arrive at the prison only to be informed that visiting hours are over. And this guy at the booth could not give a shit less. He's like, man, listen, people come here all the time. Mm-hmm. Pregnant women, girls who want to have sex with their husbands that they married behind the uh, bars. We got a couple serial killers in here. They get fans coming here all the time. <laughs> You're the deadline is it's it's five oh seven. Yeah, in fact, the guy's like turning people away gets me hard as a rock. Yeah, oh man, he's this like, is can the I only tell? Power I have. Yes, so. yes. This was like TSA. This was before nine <laughs> yeah. eleven. The prison guard on duty for visitation was the the pinnacle of the least amount of power oh, going to he your head. just made Whereas you like, throw out your toothpaste because it was more than three ounces. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, does that belt is that belt have a metal yep, buckle on it? You can't come in. Now he needs a change. You got to go to the Gap. You got to go to the Gap and buy a, a new belt. plastic belt. And while you're at the Gap, get me a new pair of boxers because I have just decimated these with my <laughs> my wiener juice. I have ejaculated at how, mm-hmm. how much power I have in this specific moment Sheer where somebody's power. coming to visit their loved one behind bars. This pow- this is the only extent of that power, but in this moment, if you're here at this booth, here we go. I am your God. I am your God. So obviously they can't just get back on the bus and go home because it's been no, it of a course four not. hour trip. No, of course not. And the buses, you can't, you can't just get back on a bus. So they have to rent a swanky motel for the night. And Amanda, during this overnight stay, 
Dawson, now that he is in lovesick puppy mode, doesn't even know how a bed works. He's so lovesick and, oh, man, we've never slept in a foreign bed together before. What the fuck are you talking about, man? It's a bed. And it's also enormous. This, it's a ma- this it's a it's a California like, king. It's like bigger than it's like comically big. They pan at the end of the scene. They do an overview overhead shot yes. of them on the bed, and it looked like they were uh, like laying. They were like <laughs> twenty feet a- apart from each other. They had three pillows across in between lined them. up. And- <laughs> yeah, it was bizarre. <laughs> of course, I'm like, I'm watching this, and I'm like, okay, so what reasonable parents or guardians are even like? Oh yeah, my fifteen-year-olds are just gonna crash alone at a motel four hours away. Gail and Mitch. Yeah, by bus. Yeah. Right down the road from a prison. All good. Have fun. Does he have a family credit card or something that he just can rent a motel? Uh, like that's the thing. They wouldn't even legally be able to get that room. Like I don't understand. Creek logic. Thank you. Thank you. They can just rent motels in Cape Side. You're going too deep about but it. But they're not in Cape Side. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. They're like fucking Copenhagen. I don't, I don't fucking know have any are. clue where they are. But they, it's just, I was like, Jesus fucking Christ. And so, the, and the way they explain it all the way is like, uh, Dawson like gets off the phone or something when they pan to the motel room and he's like, my yeah. mom's going to tell Bessie that we're just crashing here for the night. And it's like, okay. Because Bessie's the problem. <laughs> well, no I mean, concern. when, listen, when you're raising, Amanda, you wouldn't know anything about this, mm-hmm. but when you're raising a prodigy. Uh, a future oh. visionary, you know, you you just have to allot them certain freedoms mm. for creativity. Mm. She knows that this will grow his process. He will be able to use this. You know, this will be a part of his ethos. Like, this will be a part of his, his origin story. And one day he'll make a film, a Malcolm and Marie-style film oh. about a father and daughter and their one last fight. And so he, they, they know that. Gail and Mitch know what they have on their hands, you know and they can't limit him. When you're right, you're right. Let that boy, the crazy, let the boy be free. Let the boy be free. The craziest part of that, though, is when he's laying in bed and he's just like, oh, I don't know, this is weird. Should I just sleep on the floor? Like, why are you so weird? Now, you've now flipped this switch in your brain where this person who's been your friend since you were five, you just don't know how to, like, operate in a bed that's massive. You could You literally could have gone... I'm just going to go sleep over here on this part of yep. the bed. Just roll. 40 just, feet away from you. Just, okay. So I share a bed with someone I'm romantically involved with and you just roll over. Yeah, you just roll. So much you space. just roll over. Same here. And point. I have a king size bed. Yep. Point butts at each other. You roll, you roll over. You have like, I have enough of a bed that I have a bed to myself with one yep. roll. And there's enough space of, of bed that I have my own bed. It's worth of space. really not that complicated. Do I wear the covers or do you wear the covers or do you get two pillows or do I get one or should I, do I put You're the like, toothpaste in my ear and then brush it or what are you doing, like, man? Just, just get the fucking bed and go to yeah, sleep. Just shut the fuck up and go to bed. Like Joey. And don't sleep in a braided necklace. PSA. That fucking Don't necklace. sleep in it. Take that off too. That take dangerous. the flannel off and then take that, that thick, that thick burlap rope wrapped around your, it's, that thick neck. I mean, neck it's come so on. Thick. Another note that I made was that, like, his whole act that he does in that motel room, if that was Paul Rudd, I'd be like, this is so charming and cute and awkward and funny, where he's like, I just don't know how to do this. Or when he goes, we've never slept in a foreign bed before. If that was Paul Rudd, I'd be like, oh, man, this guy's just charming. But it's it's not, and it isn't. It's not, and it isn't. It doesn't, and you know that they want it to land in that Paul Rudd kind of way, that, like, young innocence everything's changed because I've figured out you took your glasses off. So now I know that you're pretty like I have all the feelings now. 
So, it but it, they're just like, it doesn't land well. They're like overwriting it. And it's like, this would actually have been a lot more effective as a scene. If it could have, God forbid, it could just be about the vulnerability of the situation that Joey is in where she's confronting her father with all these things that she wants to say but doesn't know how to say them. And But it's about me, Amanda. It's about me. I'm Dawson, and it's about it's me so and my feelings. Dawson's not fucking interesting. Like, the interesting story here is the dynamic between Joey and her father and whether or not Joey is going to go to Paris. That's the and interesting story. That's the B. That's the B story of this they're episode. Forcing this Dawson narrative down our fucking yes. throats, and I'm offended every time. Every time. Everybody has to like hear that Dawson is confronting even the, her dad. Like, let's just go ahead and get to that. So then, oh, that, that's not. We won't get to that because that's not the next scene. It's almost it should be, the next the, scene. Yeah. But yes, it's almost the next scene. But oh, oh, one one more thing I wanted to say. My my line of the creek. I actually titled it my "fuck you, Dawson" line of the creek. Is when Dawson goes in bed. He goes, Joe, I don't want this to affect your decision, but I would really miss you if you left. Fuck off, son. That's your new name. Fuck off, son. He's so manipulative. You are trying to gaslight, manipulate, con- con- confuse her with your fucking sad puppy dog inflections and shit. You aren't trying to affect her decision. That's exactly what you're trying to do. That's exactly what you're trying to do. Yeah. And it's, Fuck it's, off, it is, it's fucked up. These are like straight up violent abuser tactics of communication. Like Joey is at a crossroads in her young life where she is about to confront a lot of shit that she has not dealt with. And she has this manipulative talking penis in her ear that's just like me 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 and can't get and if you leave if you leave now if you leave this place that's causing you so much anguish it's your fault that we don't work out. yeah so really now that i've figured this out yesterday every all the balls are in your court for this decision and if you make the wrong one it's your fault like that's his energy like now that I figured it out, even though you felt this way for years and years, uh-huh. and I acknowledged last episode that I know that because I said I thought this is what you wanted. When he said that, I was like, oh, so you do know. So now you know that, and you've been you've been pretending not to know, and now that you figured it out, she has to she has to figure it out now. Mm-hmm. And if she doesn't, and if anything other than what you want to happen happens, She's in the wrong. Yep. And then he could do that fucking, well, you know, the nice guys just don't, yep. you know, know, every, all the, you know, so people just don't know how to appreciate the nice, funny, kind, genius guy. That guy always loses. No, he, no, he doesn't. The guy that thinks he's that and isn't is the one that loses because that's a villain. That's a villain. So the rest of this conversation doesn't really go very well. Both of them, you know, roll over and go to sleep for the big day ahead. And now... Since her plans to turn up at a party with Dawson or whatever were canceled, Jen is at the hospital bright and early for Gramps. Tests seem to be going well. They tell me it's because he was lucky, but I know luck has nothing to do with it. I know it's because of our daily prayer and our faith in the Lord. That's what got him through it. You know, Gramps, no one is happier about his recovery than me, but I, I very much doubt that prayer had a whole lot to do with it. Jennifer, God has a hand in all good things. But he had nothing to do with with war, famine, AIDS, huh? It isn't always up to us to understand the Lord's way. You know what, look, let's not revert back to business as usual. Gramps is better. That's all that matters. Well, Jennifer, it either was medicine or the power of the Lord. And you can believe what you would like, and I will believe what I would like. Ho-hum. And then they they go away from that scene. And now it's time for the big day. Uh Uh-huh. 
And Joey and Dawson are now, you know, in the visitation room waiting for her dad's entrance. Entrance. Now, I'll admit that I was expecting, not literally, but like a Ron Perlman type of guy to walk into the, like, they're like, he's a drug dealer. He like made their mom die. Like they really made this guy out to be a knuckle tat, you know, nope. shaved sideburns he's just a dude. type of dude. He's like a fucking leading man from the 1920s. He does have really good hair. He has that leading oh, man it's like hair. He's in prison and he has like a, a swoop and he's got a nice jaw. Yeah. He's like a perfect, he's like a, he looks like a, he looks like an upper middle class dad. He looks like he's thriving in prison too. I'm going to be honest. Honestly. Like he looks really good. He was a drug dealer on the street. This guy has this olive skin. He might be like Italian or something. Jawline looks great. His he's in shape and his, mm-hmm. his he's not in like an orange jumpsuit mm-hmm. with chains on. He's got like a the blue one that's kind of denim. Yeah, he looks great. So it's like this guy's a drug dealer who ruined your whole life mm-hmm. and you hate him. Mm-hmm. He looks like he used to like throw you to the sky and catch you and wear those tank tops where he you tie the shoulders oh. more to make him even more skinny. Yeah. That's what he looks like. He looked like that kind of dad. I'm certain. Like Mitch. I'm Kind of looks like he Mitch. He does. He's got kind of some himbo vibes to him. And I am, yeah. I am certain that that was intentional, which I kind of actually appreciate because it's like we built this. Not to stigmatize exactly. drug dealers? Exactly. Like we, <laughs> got we it. built okay. this image okay. up in our minds of what to expect from Joey's yeah. like, you know, delinquent, imprisoned father. But I'm. Amanda, just let me hit you with this one time. Okay. Creek logic. <laughs> don't you don't you think it's a problem that in this show we can go from giving them that much credit to going, oh, they didn't even cast. Uh, I know, Batman. I know. Like I just, like, it's like, the whiplash. Like is I painful. agree with what you just said, but like that feels like that takes a lot of thought in a writer's room. But maybe because all that thought is going to Joey's dad, that's why they forgot to cast Faith's yeah. dad. So yeah, like. Man, they, it's too much dad spacing, yeah, man. They're like, they're, yeah, they're not. They're like, there's a lot of dad stuff. We can get to Pacey's yeah. dad in episode or in season six. I don't know. We don't need to, yeah. we don't yeah, need we'll, to go we'll there figure, right we'll now. Figure out, we'll figure it out yeah, at some but point. But no, you're so, yeah, totally I, I, right. Yeah. <laughs> I agree that, like, yeah, because if you think about a drug dealer in, in, in Massachusetts, mm-hmm. there's a couple documentaries on HBO about Cape Cod, Massachusetts, mm-hmm. that would beg to differ that this is what a drug dealer looks like in coastal Massachusetts. Right. But- Whatever. I guess they were. I think they maybe they were like, let's be subversive. Let's have him look like uh, what you wouldn't expect. Yeah, just a guy. He's yeah, just a guy. Just a guy looking at a girl. Mm-hmm. So he he sits down, and the first words out of his mouth are, "You're beautiful." Amanda, she almost flipped this goddamn table over. I mean, if those tables weren't nailed down because they're prison tables in a visitation room, mm-hmm. she was so angry. No, I'm not. Like her teeth gritted, grin, like grinded when she said, "No, I'm not." It's like Clint Eastwood. She has such low self-esteem, her character in this she show. She does. On the one hand, and, I get it because it's like, I I think that's where they're sort of going with it. But I also think where we're sort of going with it is that she's frustrated because, and we get to this later when she finally does confront him. It's like, you know so little about me that all you can say to me when I sit down here after not seeing you for what, two years at least. I assume that she saw him because when Bessie, the last yeah, birthday. when Bessie was like, it was my turn last year. It's like, okay, then you probably went up the year before or whatever. So she probably hasn't seen him for a couple of years. And she's like, are you fucking kidding me? You like, there's so little, you know about me because you fucked up and now you're not in my life that all you can say is you're beautiful when I sit down. Like, I get that, but I don't think that they made, that they, like, wrote that scene no. very well. They, they made it, like, like coming off of the most, like, beautiful night of her knife, life feeling, yeah. 
the confidence that she had. And then to, it's like it's like the pumpkin at 12 o'clock yes. midnight. It went back to being a pumpkin. And so she went back to this like unconfident. Yeah, so it made and that also scene. all the stuff you just said, like she's also mad at him. Mm-hmm. But so the last person she wants to hear something that she doesn't believe already right. is from him. Right. Like, oh, I'm not beautiful. Which is fair. How dare you lie to my how dare you lie to my ghoulish face and my long swan like neck. It's Katie Holmes. Right. She's beautiful. But then, of course, like, <laughs> the conversation between a father who likely has not seen his child in two years, presumably, and this child is almost immediately going to be about Dawson. Oh, very quickly. Before before it even gets to that, though, I had another thought because, you know, after she's like gives that sassy comment back, Dawson's like, well, let me try to clear this up. He greets him and he goes, uh... Uh, hello, Mr. Potter. And then I went, oh, wow, yeah, her name is Joey Potter, which reminded me that that's her name. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, how much w- better would this season finale be if at the end of the episode, Joey found out she got... Got into Hogwarts? Yeah. Because Joey's, her entire origin story is basically the same as Harry Potter. Uh, yeah. It's I mean, it's very similar. Line. I mean, mm-hmm. she lost a parent, lost both parents, an mm-hmm. uh, uh, outcast the family situation that she's currently in isn't really going very well. Mm-hmm. She doesn't feel accepted. And now this magical opportunity comes along. Dawson's basically Voldemort. Oh, big time. Big time. I see it. And I just thought I just thought that would be such a better ending than what ha- actually happened. I agree. So, uh, <laughs> so, so, so anyway, Joey dismisses all of her dad's emotions and announces that I'm going to France. And then she leaves, leaving Dawson to share this. I agree. He does go into a whole thing. But it, for... At, on a surface level, it was a sweet moment. He tried. Like this kid's telling it's this kid's telling his this girl's dad about his daughter. Right. I mean, she's she's smart, she's beautiful, she's funny, she's she's a big old scaredy cat. <laughs> if you creep up from behind her, she'll jump out of her skin. It's it's pretty amusing. Um, she's honest. She always calls him just like she sees him. I was kind of getting the truth from Joey, even if the truth hurts. I just, it's so, it's so fucking unrealistic to me. Obviously, Creek Logic, all of it, like, it, it makes no fucking sense. No. I, and I, <laughs> that scene is so cringy to me. Like, the moment, the moment Joey walks out and yeah. you realize, like, oh. They're going to talk. We're going to learn about Joey through Dawson's lens. This is not good. Until yesterday, I don't even I don't even think he really even knew what Joey had going on in no. her life at all. Couldn't have cared less. Could not. Know? How does he not know that she you have to apply for this Paris? You have to apply for that. This is news to him. Your best friend that you talk to all the time I, doesn't know that you applied for some go to Paris no, trip scholarship. Of course not. You telling me you're telling me they pulled that out of a hat? It's just it was a raffle? It's so fucking stupid. It's so stupid. Come on, and then man. for yeah, I mean, and then they just wrote this they wrote Mr. Potter's character like he's so grateful that that <sighs> Dawson, you, Dawson stuck around yeah, yes. stuck around and told him all about his daughter and uh all it all uh it's just And also to make it even more gross because of how I feel about Dawson, it also feels kind of manipulating because he's like, I'm gonna get your dad on my yes. side. You know, it's like, I'm going to ask your dad for your hand. Totally. You know, like, oh, uh, you know, so it just was, uh, uh, I hated same. that it's, whole it's thing. Really- I hated it. Rather than going and getting Joey and being like, hey, I know this is, 
I know this is really hard, but he really wants to see you. And I think you should talk to him. Like that would have been a better use of Dawson's time, not sticking around and fucking jacking himself off in front of this guy in prison about how much he loves Joey. Let me tell you about this revelation I had about your daughter recently and how it affects me. So, 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 uh, Dawson, uh, uh, he walks outside and Joey asks him what the conversation was like after she walked out. And Dawson is now, he guilts her about walking out on her father and and talking to him and then joey says that she hates him and is going to paris so she can start over to which dawson gets all puppy dog eyed and guilt trippy with his voice and he's like you know she's like give me one good reason that i should stay and somehow in episode 13 of the finale we're still drawing out this like oh he's still confused he has no answers he can't just say because i love you or i like you or something so he instead he says nothing with his mouth just just like can't even come up with the words and he stammers and says nothing and joey jumps in a this boat emotional my favorite scene of and the whole episode it's <laughs> my paddles favorite. away and i was hoping because it fades to black but i was hoping that they just show her paddling because he has now 10 minutes to keep going like joe joey That's, i wrote down i'm like joe come back like, there's something about joe come on <laughs> storming, joe. storming off in a rowboat after a fight has to be the most awkward move on the planet yeah, yeah she can still within earshot <laughs> easy conversation shot for at least 10 minutes because she can't row yeah, even after fast. 20 minutes even after 20 minutes he can still like put his hand over his yeah. eyes and squint and go joe he clearly joe come on he clearly didn't turn around and walk back toward his house he stood on that no he sat there and he watched her the whole way and just let her be embarrassed pushing the water get really getting that getting those traps tight she's like pushing breathing getting winded you come on man it's like what an emotional that that those those two things don't mesh very well paddling from dawson's creek it's never storm off angrily in a rowboat it's just not gonna go well it's gonna be too embarrassing for you just don't do it it's i don't advise it don't ever go to boat mad don't ever go to so, <laughs> so, so, but like, so so back at the hospital, Grams tells Jen that Gramps had another stroke in his in intensive which, care. Like, which, like, okay, is are we aware that he'd been suffering from strokes? Was it strokes that had gotten him here in the I first he place? Had a heart attack. Yeah, in the beginning, it was the fucking <laughs> scar down his. I just, it's like all it would take is one post-it on the storyboard that was like. Gramps. Remember this ha- heart this attack. Is what it, yeah, heart attack. Gramps, As a matter of fact, she might have even said heart murmur. She might have even said heart murmur. I don't fucking because I remember know. you being. I remember you being like heart. Because I remember us being like heart murmur. That's an open heart surgery. Scar. Well, yeah, w- yes, we talked like, about what, this in what the was beginning. It? <laughs> where they talked about he yeah. had like a an angioplasty or something. Something like that. And so yeah, the, and my like, dad had had that procedure. He'd also had quadruple bypass open heart surgery, but before he had yeah. that. He had angioplasty, and that did not, that was like laparoscopic, basically. It did not yeah. give him a scar from like fucking stitch, stitch yes, lines, and yeah. From like nape to neck. Yeah. And they're looking at now, and now it's, oh, well, he's having strokes, which like, okay. Well, that's just how much care they put into Gramps', Gramps right. character. Right. It's like, like, okay. He yes. did something that kills you. He's going to die, is basically it's what they're saying they're the whole ju- episode. They're like, just not. I don't. It's just ridiculous. Creek logic. Thank you. So, so, so. Also, let me just say, because I got to give credit where credit is due. Katie Holmes and Michelle Williams were acting had, in this episode. They had a lot of vulnerable scenes. They in this were acting. 
tame yeah, in this episode. I think before the finale, before they filmed the finale, I think Katie Holmes got a note about her eyebrow acting. Because mm, you think it she dialed it back? Toned. It did travel down to her shoulders, though. She still does this like. She, like, yes. balls her body up in these weird ways. It's like she's always so uncomfortable. Well, they always want But her, I guess that's a character yeah, trait. they always want her, like, physically showing how insecure she is. Just relax. Yeah, just be just, a human. Like, she's like, I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> but it did It did seem to me that someone specifically was like, okay, Katie. Um, Dial those things your, back a little. You got to wrangle those your eyebrows. Your face now. is a mess, and you need to It's doing a lot. You need to stop <laughs> with the brows. Just, just fucking pick a face and stick with it. I was watching her eyebrows the whole episode, and I was like, okay, Katie. You, yeah, someone got notes. Somebody got notes. I'm with you on that mm-hmm. one. I'm with you on that one. Yeah, she definitely wrangled them brows in, because those brows all season, they've been going. Yes, off. So now things have taken a turn for the worse for Gramps. We jump from there to closing time at the Ice House, where Pacey shows up for some food and some clarity on when he became the town jester. Mm-hmm. Tell me something, Joan. You have a habit of being annoyingly honest with me. When was it that I got designated the town loser? I mean, I know I've done some stupid things in my life, but what exactly was it that pushed me over the edge to being a walking, talking embarrassment to my perfect family? You're not an embarrassment to your family, Pacey. According to Deputy Doug, I am. Well, at least your whole family isn't an embarrassment. I just got back from visiting my dad. How'd it go? Fathers are weird creatures, you know that? When I was eight years old, I used to play peewee baseball. We had this huge game at the end of the season, and it was two outs, bottom of the ninth, and I was up to bat, and I struck out. Anyhow, we get home, and my dad just proceeds to ream me, tell me what a loser I am and what a disgrace I am to the whole family in town for losing the game. Next morning, I go down to breakfast, and I overhear my dad relaying the events of the game to my brother. And I heard him say to him, at least I have you. <laughs> I don't know. I never told anybody this, but I wish I never heard him say that. Pacey is just such an infinitely better person than Dawson. Incredibly, this one minute, one minute scene had more chemistry yes. than all of the moments between Dawson and I Joey agree. in the entire episode, maybe even the whole yes, season. They, they're doing this kind of like their knees are rubbing, they're digging at each other, but they're really listening. Uh-huh. They have this real, you know, he's like, he's like, you know, she's like, why don't you steal your dad's car? I need your help. He's like, I will do mm-hmm. that because you're my friend yeah. and you're not my best friend. Like Dawson is you're supposed to be best friends. You're not even my best friend, but I will steal my dad's car, even though he he's like going to kill me. Mm-hmm. My dad's Thanos and he's mad at me because I'm failing, but you need me and I'm going to steal my dad's car and I'm going to drive you to a prison. Yep. That whole, that one brief scene had more chemistry in it than that fucking, oh, we'll get to the kiss, but we'll, we'll get there. Ooh. Jesus Christ, that kiss. I'm going to need a barf bag, but yes, we'll get oh, there. Oh, Jesus, man. Oh, it's so bad. We cut to, a fantastic monologue mm. of Jen saying goodbye to her grandfather mm. for the last time. I've missed you. I know. Just when I thought I was gonna get you back, you go away from me again. What am I supposed to do? What can I do to get you out of this bed and back into my life? Because I. I feel so helpless sitting here right now because I want to help you so badly and I can't. Because I want you to help me. I want you to smile at me and 
I want you to listen to me and I, I want you to magically uncomplicate my life the way you used to. Nobody knew at this time what she would go on to do, yeah. but it was like, I think, I feel like people saw this and were like, oh shit, she's good. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. And this was the moment where I was like, okay, wait, are they really close? Like I was, I was. News to me. It was a really good scene. I was like, these feelings are amazing and raw and, and real, but like from where? From from whence? From confused. whence do they come? It left me deeply confused. <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah. well, you acted the shit out of that scene, and also I, of this guy you've never talked to or spoken right. to before. Where doth where doth these feelings come I from? I would have assumed that this man raised you from infancy, like the way that you're talking to him right now, yes. like just bearing your entire soul. She's like, it's just times like this. I wish you were here telling me about the giving me advice like you do all the time it's like when has he ever given you advice that would have been nice to yeah, see yeah it would have been great once. for any writing <laughs> or a flashback or anything to have given us some context clues about this relationship i think flashbacks are so lazy i would have taken a flashback even it's like just in one of these moments you know lazy. like her getting pushed on a swing they're lazy but is it also lazier to just not address it nothing? at all oh that's way lazier oh it's way lazy <laughs> it's always lazier to do right? nothing okay ask my freaking first period it's math so teacher confusing. it's always lazier to do something do something Ugh. always do something rather than nothing but uh so now we arrive back at the prison four hour drive pacey took his friend to to the same unaffected guard from earlier. But Pacey pulls this guard aside, and apparently $20 is enough to jeopardize this guy's entire livelihood in this small Massachusetts prison. To it's nighttime, so that means he had to go get him out of his cell after lockdown. They've already done head yeah. count. He broke so many rules for $20 in a town where I bet a job is hard to come right. by. There's it's like you either work here or you work at the Piggly Wiggly, and this is paying $10 more than the well, Piggly Wiggly. Well, you have paying. to imagine that that prison is like the industry in that town. So, like, it's the economy. Yeah, yeah it's, it's everything. Like that yeah, or, and the gas station and like the local diner. That's where everybody works. Or unemployment. Yeah. That, that like either either you work here or you're hoping you can work here someday. Was, you're hoping this guy loses his job. There's a line of people in this town. Of like that Bobsville need, or whatever the, the sign on the yeah. bus said. It said like Derricksville or something. There's a bunch of people who are like, oh, I hope this guy gets fired so I can take his yep. job. And he's like, 20 bucks? Done. Hey, man, I'll bring your dad out right out to you. He'll be over by that fence. So, so which is absolutely insane, right? But it was beautiful. Uh, uh, Joey, I mean, uh, Pacey did that for Joey. And, you know, they had this really, like, kind of funny thing, like, how much did you slip him? Like, she knew what he mm -hmm. did, right? So, uh... So cute. And so, this is where my song of the creek is. Oh, oh, yeah, because that's my... Oh, well, let's Do just we go share the same it. song of the creek? Of course, Amanda. <laughs> I, couldn't pick a, I couldn't pick another song to be song of the creek. You know that. Come on now. So we jump over to Dawson's house for what is just all around a weird scene with Jen, right? So Jen comes through the window... Meltdown. ...like Joey... Like Joey, she comes through the, the the ladder entrance like Joey, and once again is like kissing the ring, like she's here to apologize and grovel and beg him to take her back, uh -huh. uh, you know, because she made a mistake. I messed up, you know. Well, I, and she's like reeling from having. Yes, said she's having a very emotional. Her. Yeah, she's it's having definitely yeah. like an, a Jen is vulnerable. And yeah, she's she needs she needs she needs someone. affection from somewhere. Mm -hmm. She needs someone to love her. Yeah. And nobody loved her. Well, it was fucking toxic and not real and not, it was lust and affection and mm -hmm. obsession. But she liked the feeling of somebody wanting her. And nobody I loved think her like Dawson. Yeah. So she was chasing that. But it's still also just, it, she didn't know this about her grandfather last episode. Mm -hmm. And she did it. It started last episode at the end where her and Joey had made this pact to be friends and she right. immediately betrays her. 
because she saw that Dawson liked somebody else. Mm-hmm. And now it continues into this episode. So while I agree about the emotions running high, it's still just, I, it didn't sit yeah. well with me. I, di- I didn't like it. And It's not good. No, she's groveling. And then she's like, can I sleep in the bed the way Joey does? It had this, re- it was very single white female vibes. It's gross. And it's not oh. Jen. Like, no, at all. It it's does, it's it so felt, out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. It felt so. It's a different dis- character trait that we've never it was. seen. It was really disingenuous and it was very clearly just written to like. Make Dawson the, look awesome. Exactly. And also to set up the scene that we get to at the end. But it's yes. like, it's just like, it's so unrealistic. And you like, don't do, even, you don't do that with. You don't do that with a character that's been in the show since the first episode and you've right, seen so much. Right, we know the, her really well. You we do that know. with a girl he meets at a party or something and they, yes. you know, like the whole, oh, it doesn't, it's not what it looks like. You don't do mm-hmm. that with like one of the main characters of the show. Well, and I feel like she I guess love triangle stuff, but still, it's still, you don't, it's just, it just And I guess by well. she sets it up, I mean the writer set it up. But they set it up even at the beginning of the scene where she coming through the window is like, I know I usually use the door, but. But tonight I'm Joey. Yeah, it's like okay, so you're big swim, you, big swim fam vibes from Jen. In yeah, this scene. you're like prepping us to just suspend all of our disbelief about how Jen would actually behave because her grandpa that she fucking barely knows is dying. Yes. Okay, that's supposed yeah. to be like. Yeah, the, that's why. That's why, guys. That's why she's acting yeah. so out of character. There's just so much going on, and she just needs Dawson so bad. But here's the craziest part of this whole thing, right? Because I can understand all of that, right? Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, Dawson has a scream mask in his room now. So yeah. Kevin Kevin Williamson's hubris is at an all-time high at this point. Like, I mean, so canonically, in this world, Scream the movie exists. Yep. In a show created by Kevin Williamson. Who wrote Scream. Who wrote Scream. And apparently needs everybody to know it. You got to relax, man. You got to, even Spielberg's not putting like E.T. dolls and stuff in all of his right? movies. Like, come on, man. Like, Scream was cool. It. Scream was cool. Come on. It, it, it wasn't all that. They're both let's great. Move. They serve their time. We don't gotta we don't we don't gotta shoehorn the, the scream mask into this. We're good. It's fine, man. So We're good. this is where shit gets continually weird. So they lay down in the bed, but mm-hmm. because Dawson likes Joey now, he just has no ability to display empathy or comfort someone whose grandfather oh, is dying. His eyes are so awkward. He's like this, he's like playing. He's like, why he's is like this thing rigid. touching me? I don't like it anymore. He's such a He's creep. like patting her on the head and he's constantly going, it'll be okay. <laughs> they prepped him for the scene where they were like, okay, invasion of the body snatchers. You're an alien. You have never encountered a human being before. And now suddenly you're in a human body and somebody is being emotional near you. And action. <laughs> he's like, it was you will so be okay. Awkward. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. It was... It was the same kind of energy as like if you watch a rom-com from the 90s and a breakup happens and then a guy goes to a party and then there's mm-hmm. some girl there who's like, I want to hook up with you. And he's like, well, I am technically single, but I still love my ex-girlfriend. So we're going to cross some lines. And then she walks in on us like this is a girl you dated, you say you cared about and her grandfather's dying and you just have nothing for her nothing. because you've now transferred your obsession yeah. over to Joey. You so there's up. no room left in your brain or heart for for empathy or for, things that for, humans for people that you've known now no. for a long fucking time. It's insane. It's it's Great. really it truly was like the weirdest fucking thing. But well done. within this within this scene, uh, my song of the creek, which I believe is yours as well, starts to bleed in and then goes into the next scene, which is Sarah McLaughlin's uh, "In the Arms of an Angel." Uh, the audacity of this show. 
to play this song. I already knew. I knew. I knew something was coming. That I knew song. something was coming. When I heard that, when I heard those chords, I was like, something's about go. to fucking happen. Mm-hmm. We cut to the next scene. Now uh, Joey's dad comes out and meets her at the fence. And they have just like the most emotional conversation. Do you love me? More than you'll ever know. And I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Do you think about me? Sweetheart. All day long, every day, every hour, every minute. Do you really love me now? Because I'm 15 years old. And I go through every day of my life thinking that nobody loves me. Well, nothing could be further from the truth. I cried. This is the first time I cried in this season of the show. I, I could not help it. I do have daddy issues. I will admit that openly. I have some issues. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. but it was just beautiful. Like when she's when she's like, uh, but do you really love me though? All the oh, it was like, oh. And then okay. in the arms of it was just the perfect combination. That goddamn Sarah McLaughlin, she does it every time. Yes, it's a beautiful scene and an emotional scene. I cry. And I'm going to give you a hot take right now. Oh, please, d- drop it. I'm going to give you a hot take. Drop it like it's hot. I get angry at this scene, and I get Whoa. angry at Joey in this scene. Whoa, okay, and- let's hear this. Here's why, okay? So I get it with the father where you're sure. like, do you actually love me because you made these choices that then yes. have kept you from being in my life, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So that exchange, I completely get it. It's real and raw and genuine. I think but I know then when she goes on to be like, because I've just been living in this world where I feel like nobody, nobody loves, loves me. me. I fucking went off when I was doing my nose for this last night. So I was like, okay, clearly she is loved. She's being cared for by her older sister and her sister's boyfriend. Who's a delight, by the way. Who is a delight who fucking nourishes her constantly. Uh, Clearly the Learys love the shit out of her because they set up that goddamn ladder. Gail truly loves her. Loves her. Like, loves her. Her, she has a whole network—not Dawson, but whatever—of friends who obviously everybody but Dawson. One of whom stole his father's car and bribed a police officer to get you there that night. Felonies. Like, I just can't. And then, but when you, but that 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 cloud of father issues. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's a it's a hard one to see through. And she's a teenager, so and like she's a teenager, so emotions so are going to be just, high it, anyway. And so, so but I get I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Though. Like I, that I do, part, I, I was saying. like, "Bitch, are you kidding me? You are I one thought, of the most fucking loved people." Like, yeah, I get it. You don't know if your dad loves you, and that is so fair. Yeah, I thought I thought what you were going to say you were mad about was because now you've got my head spinning about it. Because but <laughs> the tear the tears clouded it, but. Uh, him being able to just be like, uh, you know, I just, uh, you know, you got to be able to tell people you love them when you do. And that's why I was fucking that blonde lady when your mom was dying of cancer, because I just couldn't face the feelings. 
And that's why I did that. And then, and so that's it what it was. It could have gone there. That would have been. Yeah. Like, I was like, that's why. Because I loved your mom and she loved me. She looked at me the way Dawson looked. For him to be able to even use their relationship with, with his wife as like the benchmark of love when she died alone and you were cheating on her. It's like, that's, it was, that's that was crazy to me. a risky place to go. And it's fucking nuts to even use that moment which obviously this is fucking dawson writing about dawson so like yes duh. to bring but up like, dawson. right go why? to him why you have to why? go to him why <laughs> you're, you're you've been you've been broken out of prison to spend um two minutes with your daughter and you remember that conversation you had with that boy two days ago i it's <laughs> i cannot on what planet <laughs> on what fucking planet creek logic would this conversation creek go in this logic. <laughs> he's like it's i love so you joey absurd. you know who else loves you that Dawson. boy i met yesterday <laughs> he I loves spent- you the way that your mother loved me before she died and i was cheating on her with sheila from the public grocery store she because mm. this moment can't just be about a very tumultuous and ruptured relationship between father and daughter coming to a healing moment. It has to also be about fucking Dawson. Well, when we talk about hubris, man, Dawson, Kevin Williamson wrote Dawson's Creek. Dawson is based on him. So you can't go more than five minutes without talking about the titular character of the show, Amanda, even if it makes more sense emotionally and for the storyline, just don't talk about him right now. It's it's fine. Maybe we'd get one. They're like, Nope, never. You'll never get a scene. There was no way in hell you'll ever get a scene where Dawson doesn't get shoehorned in in some kind of way. I love you, Jen, almost as much. I love you almost as much as Dawson Leary does. Go to him. You go to him right now. You get in a car and you go straight to him from this conversation because Um, he loves you with a love that could move a thousand ships. It's so gross. (laughs) It's it's pretty fucking gross, right? I was so (laughs) mad about that. So So mad. (laughs) And yet I cried. Uh, Yeah, Uh, I mean, because those feelings are super fucking real. Oh, man. Oh, she was so vulnerable when she was like, I feel like nobody loves me with her Katie Katie, uh, Holmes voice and it cracks. I was like, oh, oh, geez. And the dad, the dad had one moment when she says something, he goes like, (laughs) you like hear him like quiver because I was like, that dude's good. Cause mm-hmm. he like it sounded like he like actually cried. I, I put this up there. Did. He probably there's an emotional scene. I put this up there. It's not. It doesn't go over by any means because it's just way higher. Right. But there's a scene in Fresh Prince of Bel Air where uh, Will Smith's dad like he's like, "Hey man, uh, I, I'm a trucker, so I gotta go. I know we were supposed to go to the carnival, but I gotta go." And then he like ter- tells Uncle Phil about how he doesn't need his dad and all this stuff, and then he just breaks down crying. That fucking scene rips me to shreds every time yeah. I see it. And this scene was like, I was like, I get the vibes. It doesn't top it, but I was like, oh, no, I because feel this. in Fresh Prince they actually. Oh man, did Uncle Phil hugs him right. and shit. Yeah. Oh man, if they that's didn't so that's make it about a teenage relationship. Yeah, the, with nobody. Some Dawson didn't get idiot. mentioned yeah. at any point in that scene in that so monologue win. from the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Oh <laughs> so, my god! So, but yeah, so, and then. <laughs> They fucking bring that Sarah McLaughlin song swell. Oh, right they back they in. they rail it back up. Oh my god! Also, uh, the music for the rest of this episode is incredible. I, if this song hadn't played in this scene, the next two songs could have possibly been uh, the song of the creek. We it get was Joey really hard in the next oh, scene to not pick. Oh that as my come song on! It would have been. It would have been. We'll get to That's it. That's where we, I paused and started doing a sing along video. Oh come on, man! We get yeah. so from so from there we get Joey. Paddling to profess her love to Dawson, scored by I'll Be by Edwin McCain. This song is like, that first aisle, like nobody can do that aisle like fucking. I'm 
loved like, that song. That is a I powerful song. Loved that That's song. a powerful song. If 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 Arms of an Angel, 127 million views on YouTube, wasn't the song of the Greek, this would be it. Would have been this. It would have yeah. been this. So, uh, you know, but this beautiful moment is interrupted when she mis- re- when she misinterprets Dawson and Jen in bed together, which she didn't misinterpret. I mean, Dawson no. was like, I don't want this. But Jen was trying to kiss him. Right. And, you know, so there was no misinterpretation, but it was kind of. I'll give him some credit. He was mm-hmm. he was being as like not not platonic, like right. almost like a like a, a monster, like a monster was trying to kill him the whole night. Yeah. Like he's like, yeah. My arm is under the pillow, not even under her. It's under yeah. the pillow. He wasn't and- into it, and he's a fucking kid, and he's so self-absorbed that he couldn't be like, hey, you're my friend. A- obviously, you can stay here, and I am happy to like and console talk, you. talk I can this console through with you. you, but I don't want you to get the wrong impression. I don't have those feelings for you anymore. Yeah. This is why you shouldn't have an open window policy at your house. Nope. These things can just, people can just come in willy-nilly. Also, I'm going to hit this, I'm hitting Creek this a lot. logic. Uh, who who can quietly come up a ladder? Those steps, those steel steps yeah, with those boots. It. You can hear every step, and then hitting the hitting the fucking tiled roof and the shingles. And you would hear every moment of her coming yeah. up to the thing. You know, like so, it just was crazy. Yeah, a ladder don't tell me so Dawson loud. Dawson didn't have time to just be like, Ugh. yeah, just like move away a bit. A bit. Stand up, walk yeah. across the room. <laughs> yeah, it's so, not that hard. So now Joey now books it. I mean, she's, she's running. Pissed. Frantically, she books it down the dock where she, she now has to. She's about to rowboat awkwardly again. Anything but gently down the stream. Je- uh, Joey hops in this boat. She paddles this boat and has to paddle and cry at the same time, yep. which I'm sure she has. She's no stranger to. Episodes have passed where Jen acknowledges that Joey likes him. She saw last episode where she feels like Dawson now likes her, and she's like, "Is it me or is it me or her, Dawson?" He's like, "I gotta fucking go." Yeah. He puts Figure those boots it on. Out. Yeah, <laughs> he puts those boots on. He leaves out of the window, which mm-hmm. I guess that's faster than going out of the door. A, no, it's not. No, it's not. I'm sorry, it isn't. That's a lie. I don't know why he had to go out of the out of the window. Here's the thing: nobody <laughs> has to go in and out of the window. Nobody just coming through the front door, man. This Mitch is, and Gail probably aren't small. home, and if they are home, they don't care. And they're not lo- they're not locking the doors. This is small no. town Massachusetts. No. The, there's a ladder affixed to their house with the window open. They don't so know about security. What's the point of locking the door? You it defeats the purpose for you to even lock your doors at night. Just don't so I'm sure they don't. So uh Dawson books it out of the ladder or out of the window, comes down the ladder and D- Joey's gone. She's paddled harder than she's ever paddled before. She's also never felt emotions like this before. So yep. she's paddled she paddled at the speed of light. Mm-hmm. Uh she's nowhere to be found on the entire creek. Jen says goodbye to Dawson to herself, which I don't even know what that means. I, I was like, is she going to leave now? Or like, yeah, you like, guys all still go to the same school, your neighbors. Like, yeah. just go back to be, being his friend like you did or don't. Why do you hang out with these people? None of them treat you nice. <laughs> Pacey's always saying little smart comments. Joey doesn't want to be your friend. And Dawson's, he can't be your friend. He doesn't know how to, well, now he can. Ironically, after this event where now the tables have turned and Jen's obsessed with Dawson, Dawson is now more capable than ever of being just her friend. He well, does not care about her at all. You, when we start moving forward, you will see how Jen tries to maybe distance herself a little bit and make oh, yeah. other friends, and uh, it doesn't go so well. 
oh, I'm looking forward to this. So she's like trapped. I mean, they've created this world where like the only friends she can have are these toxic ones. And if she tries to break from these toxic people, terrible, terrible terrible (laughs) things happen to her. What a waste of the character, man. This character could be so interesting. And like, it's just a mess. Jen's story arc is so off the fucking rails. I cannot (laughs) wait to get into that. I look I look forward to it. Yo. But so so Jen so so uh now Jen left alone, she picks up her face off the ground after being rejected by Dawson for the mm-hmm. second time in a row. Mm. Um and she returns home only to have that very face slapped with news that her grandfather has not improved. Now we get a montage of Dawson looking for Joey and Joey looking for herself. Mm-hmm. To Broken Road, sung by Melody Crittenden. Another banger. It is a I really good. Love song. this song. Yeah. I don't even know if this is the original. Uncle Cracker sings the original. Who sings the original? I this is this one's sung. Know. It's just every country singer every ten years is like, we're gonna sing that one. Right. Well, this iteration is done by Melody Crittenden, and no matter who sings it, it's a banger. If you know how to hit those country, if you can hit those, it's gonna just hit. It's just a, it's just one of those songs. It's like a plug and play type of song. Great karaoke song too. Like anybody can just plug in. Yeah, and Miley it's like, Cyrus. It's good in anybody's vocal register. It's not like a hard song to sing, but it hits every time. It's just a good tune. So you don't even need to be great at it as long as you can hit the notes. Yep. Uh, during this montage, <laughs> Jen gets a very anticlimactic phone call. Yep. A one-sided phone call. They could have at least done the thing where you see the hospital side right. of a doctor. It's like It was like, hello? Yes, this is her granddaughter? Okay. Hangs with the phone. That's it. I, I, I missed it. That's how quick... That phone call was because then I I feel like I zoned out for like one second. Then I was like, wait. And then that was another point where I rewound and I was like, oh, that (laughs) 10 seconds is how we find. uh, Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, that's about all his character warranted throughout the whole season. They 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 paid that little bit of attention to him. And this was his death of the show. And yet he is so much influencing Jen and this situation is causing such powerful emotions. Oh my God. She's like acting outside of herself. She's giving these p- powerful monologues. Yeah. She, they, this death has spiraled this character into giving us an incredible performance and giving us like drama that is so out of character for her. Uh-huh. And this guy has only said goodbye, Jen in 13 episodes of a show. Uh-huh. The rest of the time he has been a corpse like Correct. CSI. He, he did the work of a CSI corpse where they're like, so what's the cause of death? Yeah. Over a body, over a sheet. That's what his character was for 12 episodes. And then today, not even 12 because he's not in every episode, eight episodes. And then for this episode, he goes, goodbye, Jennifer. And she's like thrown for a loop. She can't even find herself. Ups, down, down is up. But I'm fine with it. Mm -hmm. But it's also hilarious that his character died by going like, hello, yes? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, Okay, thank you very much. Oh, all right. Yeah. No, hey, I'll, Grams. I'll, I'll, um, I'll pass that message is, along. Yes, I'll, 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 make, I'll make sure I tell her. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gramps, uh, Gramps, Gramps is dead. So um, I guess I'll see you at church. Yep. Uh, so, so I do love the scene in the church. Beautiful. Beautiful. I we'll love get to it. it. Beautiful and we'll get to it. Mm-hmm. You know, there was like so much like coming to grips with it. And also this idea that I just thought she was an atheist. They make it seem like maybe she was molested by a priest. Like it it went from just her having this theological belief of like, I just Mm -hmm. don't believe in religion to like, I have uh, me and me and church have had a bad past. Yep. That's how it felt when she walked in in her church clothes. And it was like, she's like looking at the stained glass, like, 
I'm yeah, triggered, like, but she's like but, creeped out by everything. Yeah, as opposed to her just being like some hipster at a coffee shop, being like, I just right. think when we die, we all return to the earth and mm -hmm. worms eat us. That's what I thought it was, but this scene made it feel like it was more than that. The acting but, was definitely loaded, where it's like, what if we not? Yeah. What are we not piecing together? Why are you having such I feel a like, visceral yeah. reaction to being in a church? And guess what? You're not going to find out. Not in this No, not at anyway. all. No, no. I also feel like that, you know, actors do this, do this thing where they give their character like a secret. Yes. I feel like Michelle Williams gave herself like seven secrets in this episode because there was no direction. Right. And she's like, I don't really know why my character's an atheist, but I'm going to, I'm going to not react to church yeah. in a good way. As opposed to just walking in and just being like whatever about it. She's like, if it was visceral, as opposed to her just being yeah. like, my, there's my grandmother. I don't really care about this church, but I'm going to walk in and sit down. And Instead, some, of, she like, some yeah. of her choices, I think, work. I don't That's know if this one don't. worked that yeah. well. We could have done without it. We get it. She's not into the, she's not into organized She's not religion. into church. Then that's yeah, fine. She's not, yeah. She's not into church. It doesn't have to be this like, so was she like attacked? Mm -hmm. Was she beat up at a church or something? Like what's going on? So um, anyway, like I said, a banger was playing during this whole montage. Jen finds out that her gramps is dead and uh, uh, she breaks down and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Uh, this, th we already, we've been speaking about it. So this leads to them both going to the church mm -hmm. and they sit in the pew and Grams just fucking breaks down. I didn't cry it. at this one, but it, it broke my heart. Cause like, that's like the love of her life. Yeah. I and mean, she does this, this scene gets me for sure because I definitely come from women the matriarchs who do not like to be vulnerable in front yes. of other people. Get that. I get that. And that is like, that is Grams to a T. And she like finally just kind of lets go. And it's hard like, too. Oh. Like the face, she does the face and then the cry. That's the when you're like, is good. Oh, good. Everybody came to play in this one. Everybody yeah. came to play in this. She's like, I just miss him so much. Yep. And I was like, oh, yeah. Okay. We, okay. I see what we're doing here. And then. And then Michelle Williams starts crying mm -hmm. when she hugs her, but like her face isn't even to camera. So they're all just doing extra things. Everybody was like her, the Joey's dad scene. Mm -hmm. Everybody was just feeling the emotions of these scenes. And mm -hmm. I, I was I was loving every minute of it. It makes you look at Grams differently because the whole time she's been this like hard, mm -hmm. puritanical, old, old worldy mm -hmm. kind of like Salem type of person. Yep. And but then you find out, oh no, religion is it's personal to me. I'm not just like, oh God will take care of everything. I tell myself that yep. for me. I or tell it to I'm me gonna for me. lose my shit. Yes, it's what and I it's now my I'm losing my shit and questioning my, yeah. God myself. Yes. Ooh. So it, yes, and it, for that, that all to take place in a church. Oh yeah, for all to take place in a church. Yeah, was very powerful. It was a beautiful um, scene. Graham's a still racist. So. We're not gonna forgive yes. her for that. Yeah, but you know they're 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 trying. They're We're doing a lot of stuff. They're making Grams funny and yep. like get flirty with Clifford. I'm like, all right, Ooh. this lady's racist as shit, but you know. And Grams' story arc also. There will be so much for us to say. Oh, I'm sure. I'm episodes. sure I end up loving. I'm sure I end up loving Grams. Polly Polly from the Murder Squad is like she's one of my Ooh. favorite characters, and I was like, how does that work? Because so far, I mean, that was she was like on episode two. I was like, so far she's like super racist, right? Mm -hmm. But I guess they they find a way to make me. Not feel that way anymore. One of my favorite ways they do that is when she goes, uh, Bodie, I'm not racist. Everyone else is racist. And I'm just trying to prepare you for that. That was her defense of like why she's uh, mean to them. It's yep. like, 
I just don't. I just I'm don't just think you realize you what you're lessons. getting yourself into. Yeah. yeah. As, <laughs> as a black to... man living in a very white area where you've clearly <laughs> been for a long time now, I'm preparing you because you don't know what's out there. Yeah, you have no idea. So from there, all this be- there's been so many beautiful scenes, and all of them are kind of flushed down the toilet. I mean, they still stand as they are, but mm-hmm. we get. You know, we get to uh, the Dawson search for Joey has come to an end. He returns home to, you know, put his uh, coat away at his house. And yeah, jo- he's, Joey's he's just in everywhere. His, and she's, she's in just the in his fucking closet. closet. And How just long? Happened, what, three times in this season? And every time it's creepy Unexplained. as fuck. And we don't know how long she's been in there. Is, what we is in there? why she's doing that. And yeah, also, what's in there? Now it's happened enough times that it's like, okay, Dawson. It's why a callback. Why aren't you fucking yeah. checking the closet first? <laughs> Like you know that you know that she waited for you to leave the house, circled back, yeah. and got in the closet. Yeah, Just like how long? How do that. Long was do what she you do there? to a dog, where you like pretend to throw the ball, but oh, you don't where's, actually where's Joey? throw the ball. Yeah, you're looking right at her. You're like, where's where's Joey? Oh, oh man, can't, can't find her. her. Oh, man. There she is. I hate you, it. You also bring up a good point that it's also it is hilarious that this has happened enough in the show that like this time it wasn't weird. It was just a callback. Yep. It was just like, he oh, has, the closet thing. He has thing. no reaction. Oh, yeah. He has no yeah. reaction to her being in the closet. He didn't have a no. reaction the first time. It's no. always been normal to him. But yeah. me as a viewer, the first time, I was like, why the is she in the fuck? fucking closet? And how long was she in there for? We never know. We never know. But this time, it was just like, oh, the closet thing. Mm-hmm. It's comforting to her. I just kind of excused it for myself. I was uh-huh. just like, she finds comfort in being in his closet. Smelling his clothes? Who knows? She's a anyway, serial yeah. burglar. Like B&E's. <laughs> this is her move. It's absolutely insane, man. So after the closet surprise, it's followed by the most long-winded, fourth-wall-breaking, unromantic conversation where they're like, I know we use big words, but analyzing things is good. And I know that uh, cliffhangers, and they're just saying all the things that are happening, even though there is no cliffhanger, but they're just saying these things that are so boring and so long-winded and just oh get to the point and then they get to the point finally and she's like i just want honesty and they have this moment where i want honesty and i want us to be true with it with each other and then once again dawson Dawson doesn't say anything he can't say anything and so she gets mad and starts to leave again so she starts to walk out and he pulls her in and without ever giving her any real answer about his feelings about her or what he wants he pulls her in for the most like zero chemistry it's kiss. Awful. While uh, "Say Goodnight" by Beth Nielsen Chapman, another great song, I love comes that on. Song. And I feel like they've been like, that's a callback song because they've been using it throughout the season. I think I they that used was... that when I think they used that when he danced with Jen or something. Mm-hmm. And think it's in it, the it, first it, episode of the of the whole series. So that was really brilliantly uh, scored. Yeah, but wasted because it's a it's a it's a chemistryless scene. It's so bad. This kiss is so bad that it's painful. Like, like you said before, there was more chemistry in the just the conversation she was having with Pacey in the one scene that they had together, which I think is like the best scene of the whole episode. Yes, than, it's up there. Then I mean, I cry. I didn't cry at that, so I can't no, but say. It's, it's really but I, good. But it's, it's, it's really great. Good it's great. It's great. And they finally kiss. And this has been what we have been waiting 13 for episodes. all season. And it's garbage. And it's they garbage. fade to black on it. They, they fade, fade to black, black on, on it, with- it. A commercial break. But then they like bring it back in where he like kisses her again or whatever. I don't know. He like kisses her twice in that moment. And the second kiss is like. Yeah, they like it was better. like they they had to they had to do that because we knew there was no passion in that kiss. So yeah. they had to kiss, break apart, and then pretend like, whoa, this is Earth the magic shattering. just happened. Yeah, and then kiss again. 
that's what that pause was for to let us know, like, oh, they both liked it. Yeah. Because we couldn't tell by the kiss that they yep. liked it. It was so they had insane. to use a they had to use blocking and a pause in the scene to tell us that they liked it. He had and more it chemistry with the paper mache head that that himbo dad was teaching about a kiss on earlier in the. Oh season. man, and that was Joey. Yeah, that was a Joey face, it was and he Joey kissed head. that with more passion mm-hmm. than he did actual Joey. The Office did something similar, and it worked a thousand times better. They built up Jim and Pam for seasons, three seasons or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then, and then her Jim kisses Pam. She rejects him, but we don't find that out, and it cliffhangers. Mm-hmm. And then we go a whole summer, yep. and then Jim is now in Utica. Yep, that was so much more effective because we were actually invested in those characters' relationship. Yep. Whereas all of a sudden, Dawson just decides he likes Joey, and then they have this. Other thing that I think is an A story, but it's not treated like it. Her father's in prison and she's dealing with that, but they want to use this episode because we're not sure if we're going to get an episode, I mean, a season two. So we have to not only deal with the emotions of this father-daughter thing, but also build up Dawson's love for Joey in the episode. And it just takes second candle. It's not as important when I'm watching this. I don't care about Dawson's realization that he likes no, Joey. They totally, I care more about everything else that's happening. They totally shot themselves in the foot with with all of the storylines that they tossed into this episode because you're right. This thing that we've been trying to like anticipate now for so long is no we don't care about it. By no. the time by the time we get to it, we don't care about it because like Dawson has already proven himself to be garbage, so we just don't give a shit. So many other interesting things are happening in this episode alone. All these interesting storylines, all of these moments of vulnerability and like highlight on the female characters that we really haven't gotten to have all season at all. And now we're and so- now we're getting it like at a at a ten at a fucking 15. and an amazing amazing <laughs> performances. Yes. We're coming off of a death that now it culminates in a, a hug cry at a church. And now we go from that to this lackluster fucking kiss. Oh. Just end the show, man. Have them kiss. Hope you get a season two and have them kiss episode cliff- one of season two. That's it. The cliffhanger would have been to not have the kiss at all. Or or to end with a hesitation at the window and like just just eye contact. Look, end it there and make us wait. So that you have time to maybe work on that kiss. And yeah. like Because I just feel like even in 1998, and I could be wrong, this show, this, show got, this show was popular and everything, but I just don't see how you could watch that episode, even watch the whole season, and then you watch that kiss and people are like jumping out. Like when Jim and Pam kissed for the first time when I'm watching The Office, I was like, oh, yes, yes, yeah, finally. thank you, oh, finally, right? And she kisses right? him back and you can tell yeah. that, they care, that they love each other and you're like, all right. And then this, it was just like, oh. It was like it was so sad. Anticlimactic. It yep. just was like it was, I don't even think they a, like each other. No, it was a fucking bad kiss. It was terrible. Funny enough, though, like I th- I read this in like Entertainment Weekly or something like that, or some YouTube video, or I saw it in a YouTube video, maybe that Joshua Jackson and Katie Holmes dated for the first two seasons. I believe that because their so maybe the whole time is that's so what I mean. Great. Like that's what I mean. I feel like it. I feel like it translated onto screen. Yes, and they're young enough. Like, because James Vanderbeek's a young, he's good-looking enough guy. That there's just no chemistry. I think between him and anybody, him and Michelle Williams. Oh yeah, he no. has chemistry with nobody. Nobody, him himself. That's it. But all the characters are young enough in at the time that this is filming that it actually really makes sense to me that Katie Holmes and and Pacey. Oh, Joshua Jackson. Joshua Jackson are dating in real life. So yeah. it actually makes the scenes really awkward on set when she has to kiss somebody else. Yeah. Because they're so all So she's like, like not giving it her all. Yeah, they're all like high like grace 
grade school age or like just coming off of that because they're what like yeah. 19, 19 or, or whatever yeah. so yeah. there that it makes sense that like the drama of oh we're dating but now i have to have this love scene with somebody else would actually translate to shitty chemistry on screen I that think makes that's sense to me I hope that's what happened. But again, I've only watched one season officially. Clap it up for me. I've only watched one season of this show. I can't believe you're watching. <laughs> I can't believe you don't. Because I did the first episode with you, and then I binged the whole series in, in three weeks. Done. I couldn't no. stop. I am a man stop. of my word. I will not go forward beyond where I'm going I, so that I can speculate with freedom and not just know things. I, I like can't, my, I I can't like believe when, it. I can't believe it. When and it, when it, the makes theory... it, it makes this show very hard for me to listen to because I <laughs> I scream at you in my car so much. I scream at you when I'm listening to Affirmative Murder uh, because I'm mad at you about uh, fucking hating on dipping our fries in uh, in milkshakes. Well, man, that listen, that's that's team the, Fran. that's the those, those are the Fran. those are the actions of a barbarian. Okay. Yeah. Who no, figured no, that out? Who no. figured that out? Uh, who who was the first person to dip a fry into a milkshake? I don't know. A smart person. A with, person with taste. The buds? same. The same person who made that goddamn uh, sandwich that's two chicken sandwich uh, 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 patties, that and that's the sandwich bread. Yep. A person with just nothing to lose dipped their fries into the... They're like, it's all going to the same place anyway. Yep. That's what... And, nope. and even if... It, listen, the first person that ate an egg was a pioneer and did something. Everybody looked at him like he was crazy. No. They, she, no. He or she was right. No. The person who dipped their fries into a milkshake and then went and told people and they were like... Listen, Roy, because that's what I imagine the a guy that the, the originator of this. Roy, listen, I know Charlene left you, but you got to get your life together, man. You're dipping your fries into milkshakes and just you know you're not wearing a shirt anywhere. Listen, Alvin, you're a mess of a human man. This is this is, <laughs> this is fucking ridiculous. Everything you just said is ridiculous. It's salty and it's sweet and savory. It's delicious. It, you know what it, else is salt and sweet, salty and savory and sweet? A chocolate covered pretzel. Cool, great. Great. This, <laughs> this is also a very that. similar concept. And if you want to just deny yourself this absolute <laughs> amazing uh, pleasure, fine. <laughs> fine. More for me and Fran, honestly. Like, I don't even care. But the amount of times I scream when you're speculating about Dawson's Creek, oh, the amount of times I've screamed, oh, you don't even know in my car <laughs> while listening to this show is like too many times. So, But you know it's genuine. Oh yeah. Any speculations I have, any theories, I they are real. Yeah. And, and I like that. I like that I don't have any kind of secret knowledge or anything like that. Some of them hit, some of them do not hit. Oh, I'm sure. I, I assume none of them it. hit. I love it. Yeah. I don't think this show ends. If this show and you're not no one's told me yet, if this show ends in Dawson going to prison, I would be like that would I should buy a lottery ticket. Oh. If I called that, I know that's not true. But it's fun to speculate wildly. It is, right? and I'm not going to ruin it for you. But <laughs> also, don't. we need to go to two episodes a week because we got to speed this up. I can't watch yeah. you go through this <laughs> over the course. I might of start. This will be hard because listen, we're at years. we're we're at the, we're at the two hour mark, right? Yeah. So if I was to go like, oh, I'm going to do two episodes in one, like I'm going to watch two Dawson's Creeks and then talk about. Not possible. I mean, this. Yeah, I mean, each episode will be a two parts. Yeah, you couldn't. You couldn't. It you would couldn't be crazy. Like I can't take up six hours of somebody's day to no. talk about two episodes. You know I mean. What I mean? I gladly will volunteer yes. six hours of my day, but <laughs> the episode fades to black on the cliffhanger that they so cleverly 
Uh, uh, the you know, not a cliffhanger. The no yeah, cliffhanger. Oh, yeah. Got it. Well, you know, all the intellectualism of this episode, and they took the whole episode, they were like, you know, mocking, mocking the cliffhanger. So, mm-hmm. of course, they leave us on a, such a beautiful, perfect cliffhanger with all these questions. I have no, I have no, I have none. I have no questions. The show fades to black. It's over. Um, what are your thoughts on not just the episode, but this first season as a whole, Amanda? What, what are your thoughts? I think that the writers and producers of this show went into this going, okay, we have no idea if if this is going to stay on television. So let's throw fucking everything we can. Let's just go for it. Into this first season. And frankly, brilliant move. Because, like, how could we possibly not get renewed? You know what I mean? Like, it, it worked. It worked. This show captured audiences it was the perfect time immediately immediately yeah. it's it's a hot mess and we all needed to know what the fuck was going to happen and clearly that worked because we got us we got six seasons got see, and now we're left on this cliff this cliffhanger will joey stay will she go we'll have to find out next season mm-hmm. but now moving on i would love to know you know like as you know we do uh play a little game here called joey's choice yep has your has your choice changed in no. uh, 13 episodes <laughs> Absolutely not. And the like, what is it? Two episodes this season where one of your guests picked Dawson. Dawson. I was like, wrong choice. (laughs) I mean, very, that was that very contentious moment. No, no, I'm not picking Dawson. I'm not picking Dawson because he monopolized all of the opportunities in this episode to be a friend, to be a real friend who was actually going to like support somebody else and not make it about him. And still, he couldn't. He couldn't do it. He couldn't fucking do it. He couldn't do it in a prison. He couldn't no. do it after a family death. He just. He yeah. He proved he's himself. In, he's incapable. He's incapable. He proved himself once again for the millionth time. I am garbage. I only care about me, and I only do things. My only motivation is 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 self is self preservation and yes. and aggrandizing. I, That's it. Yes, I warn my female friends about guys like Dawson all the time because they're, Dawson they're in evil. 2021, Dawson in 2021 is the ally guy. Yeah. He's oh, the guy that's like, yeah. I'm a feminist and women are always right and I'm going to the women's rally and like, mm-hmm. hey, you want to go get drinks? You want to get drinks after this? I think you, you're so special and so intelligent. And they just say the things that they think you want to hear and yeah. they they just like acquiesce and make it seem like they're on your side and, and want you to succeed. Yep. But it's like a part of their game. Mm-hmm. They're like, it's like every, it's like a being a fisherman. It's like, this is the, this is the kind of bait I use. Yep. Wearing like a pussy shirt and being like women, women are the best dads mm-hmm. and stuff like things that they know will get women's attention. And then they're like, got them. Yep. Now you know, it's all like a, 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 a chess move. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. These are, this is a, these are dangerous guys, guys like Dawson. No, Leary, Dawson's man. gross. Dawson's so gross. And I think it was, I don't remember which guest it was. It was very recent though. Uh, where I your guest was like, can I use my move to not only save Pacey, but like use the paddle to hold down oh, that was Paul. under the water? Yeah, that was Paul. Yeah, that was Paul was from like, that age well. Yeah. I also Kill him. Get want... you have to eradicate the world of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, I want the same thing. I want that. Okay. That's fair. That's my, a fair choice. My choice is to save Pacey and yes, Get and him out of here. Murder Dawson. Yeah, you got you got to get that guy out of here because he's the dangerous, man. Saving and, yeah. Joey, I want to save Pacey and Joey. Truly, by killing and every, Dawson. everyone, 
everyone would truly be better off if yep. Dawson would leave them alone. I yep. mean, there's a trip to Paris on the line here, and he's like, no, stay here in this town that you hate. And then your prize is you get to date me. That's really what he's offering her. Yep. That's really what he's saying. Like, well, look, I know look going what to- not going to Paris did for LC on the hills. Yeah, no, always go to Paris. Always. The answer is always go to Paris. Also, I know they're 15, but it's a year. It's, not, it's a year. It's, I don't even think it was a year. It was like a summer a program. Semester. It was a summer program. She's there for like three months. Let her get her growth. Let her grow as a person. But he's afraid if she grows as a person, he won't be able to manipulate her anymore. Exactly. She won't need him. She'll she'll get wise to his bullshit. Well, Amanda, uh, uh, you know you know what we do here. So um, I would like you to tell me with this this episode, and there's so many ways this this could go. What is what is your takeaway from this episode? What did you learn? And while that's being said. While you're gathering your thoughts, of course, as we all know, mm-hmm. there will be a cover of Paula Cole's I Don't Want to Wait mm-hmm. gently swelling in the background. But um, for the last message and the last bottle of the first season of mm-hmm. Down by the Creek, mm-hmm. what are your thoughts? What did you learn in this episode 13, uh, Decisions? Mm, I learned that decisions are hard to make when you are an idiot. And maybe we get bogged down in our brains too much and like the obvious answer is the best answer so I guess what I learned is like don't overthink it because overthinking it is going to lead you into the arms of a Dawson when you really should be going running into the arms of a Pacey very true wow um yeah over over (laughs) overthinking could be the death of us all yep and it could it could lead you into the arms of the wrong person Mm -hmm. maybe even a dangerous person Uh, a, a murderer <laughs> a murderer, a psychopath, alleg- sociopathic murderer, serial murderer. <laughs> Amanda, uh, oh, I can't thank you enough. Um, obviously, I'm going to be stepping away for a bit to try to figure out season two, but I would love for you to be uh, the flagship guest of season. I'm ready. Two episode one. Uh, whenever I'm your bookends. I'm your bookends, <laughs> yeah, baby. Yes. You're, you're the bookends. I'm ready. And I, I, I can't thank you enough for, again, taking time out to watch this ridiculous show thank and talk you. about it. Uh, uh, I feel like the first time around we did this podcast, although we've had correspondence on social media, we didn't know each other. Mm-hmm. And in the time of that episode has spanned, oh. I really feel like we've become good friends. I really We're think friends. That all, I like, oh, yeah. I like okay, seek just, you out to tell you things. <laughs> So uh, that it, it, it feels like it's such a full circle to come back around. And now we started on one spot and now we, we finish closer than we were the first time around. And it's always fun to see you and have a good time and talk about Dawson's Creek with you. I would love for you to take a moment and, you know, plug whatever you, you got going on. You're, I know you got like a Dungeons a Dungeons and Dragons podcast. I do. I obviously. Plug away. Plug it all. Plug it in. Plug it in. Plug it in. Plug it in. I, uh, my, my main job these days is still working on the amazing Wine and Crime podcast, a true crime comedy show. Um, Hashtag Purse Burger. Oh, so many. Oh, get a Purse Burger. If you, you can't dip your fries in a Frosty, but you're on board with Purse Burgers. We have. The the, bur- the purse is just a vessel to carry around the burger. I'm not dipping the burger in purse. The fry is just a vessel to carry around the milkshake. <laughs> anyway, but I'm also uh, working on this amazing actual play podcast called Could Have Been Heroes. And it is Dungeons and Dragons adjacent, but it's actually a rule set that has been completely created by the leader of this 
podcast. Uh, he's my other amazing friend, Robbie Knudsen. Wow. He's brilliant, and he has been working on this rule set of his own design for many years, and now the podcast is our opportunity to play through these rules and like see what works, and it's been so much fun. We love it. I would love to have you come check it out, so... Could have been Heroes Podcast. Anytime. Anywhere you get your podcast, we're also on Twitter and Instagram. Yes. Amanda. Come play. I will co- I'm not well versed, but any I would anything you ask. I'll teach you. Yeah, th- th- then we'll just I'm learning how to play this new offset of Dungeons and Dragons. That's what I'll be doing You'd with love my it. You'd time be in between season two. <laughs> I hope so. Um, Amanda, once again, thank you so much. Thank this was you. so fun, so crazy. Uh, to everybody else listening, thank you guys so much. This has been so fun. The reviews, the messages, the DMs. Uh, oh my god, I can't. This this touched more people than I thought it would, Amanda. This has been very special. Thirteen episodes. Uh, here's to thirteen more at least. But twenty thousand more. <laughs> here's to the next decade of Down by the Creek. Yep. And until next season, see you guys next week. I'm